Hello everyone, welcome to The Purpose Podcast. My name is Haas Rauscher. The goal of this podcast is to help men find and fulfill their purpose. I'm going to help them be good, strong leaders, good, strong men. I'm going to help them be good male role models in their community. I'm going to do that by inviting guests on. I'm going to have conversations. I'm going to ask our guests, what is your purpose? What do you think your purpose ought to be? How did you find that purpose? And what do you do every single day? How do you get up, get after it, and fulfill that purpose? Our guest today is going to be a good buddy of mine. I've known him for a couple of years. Um, he's a friend. He is a uh, team member, team player. Jonah Trahan, how are you? I'm doing well, Hoss Rosser. You're such a sweetheart, by the way. Yeah, no. Let's get the uh, let's get the sweet stuff out. I don't know how this is out. gonna be a freaking uh, podcast, the purpose podcast for men, bro. You sounding real feminine, real schmoozy doozy on this freaking thing. Oh yeah, I know. Let's get it. No, uh, yeah. So Jonah's been my friend for a while. He kind of got me on the path of lifting. We met at uh, Pantex. Um, it's been a real good ride. We've had what? What is it? About two years now. It'll it's be two been, years in November. It's been two years and hell no, bro. It's been two years in October. You started October. Yeah, you started fair. about two weeks after one another. So I came in like the last week of September at Pantex, and to give your listeners some context, Pantex is this DOD government facility out in but fuck nowhere in the middle of uh, West Texas. And yeah, it is. We kind of got this little start on engineering project management, <clears throat> and it's been one hell of a ride, man. Yeah, it, and he's not even lying. It's literally a three-story glass building in the middle of a cornfield, like it, it, men in black type stuff. You you roll up, <laughs> <laughs> you you roll up on Highway 60, and it's just that's right. It's a three-story building in the middle of a cornfield. That's the office building. There's a whole plant um, outside of that. But um, no, we met there, and uh, we just kind of became friends. So, um, Jonah, I do want to ask, what is your purpose for the listeners? You get right into it, huh, buddy? Yep. What yeah. is your purpose? <clears throat> That's a good question. So we we had a brief conversation about this when you were telling me about starting up your podcast, and you told me what it was going to be, and I had a chance to think about this briefly. You didn't like my answer, but I think it's still the same one, but we'll talk about it a little bit more in some detail. I think my purpose is to be a good man, <clears throat> and I know that's generic, and you, and you hate me for doing that, but <laughs> uh, we can explore some avenues on it, but I think... I think one of the things that I can do, and if this podcast is geared towards you helping uh, and influencing young men, men like me, uh, I think my goal is to be a good man. Uh, and there's a few different ways to execute that. Okay, I like that. I actually do like that that you settled on being a good man. What do you think? Uh, what do you think goes into being a good man? What are your What are your markers for success on this purpose? <clears throat> yeah, so I think one markers for success is tough. I thought about this a little bit in, in with respect to like my dad and a couple of role models that I have who are good men. One of the things my dad does very well is he's a good listener. He's also very charismatic. Uh, he's extremely respectable and respectful. Um, and I think those three things were the things that he taught me how to be or at least tried to teach me how to be. And I kind of picked up on some key markers in those two regards. So. Um, I think we'll start there. Okay. Yeah, I like that. The respectable part of that. Why do you think he's so respectable? What makes him respectable? <clears throat> he gives people grace. He's a very gracious guy. He's a God-fearing man. Okay. Uh, my dad was uh, born and raised in Houston, Texas, Roman Catholic, got brought up in a uh, Christian school, Catholic Christian school, all throughout his life. And he sacrificed a whole bunch to put me and my two younger brothers through uh, Catholic Christian school. 
there are some values. I know that's super corny, but there are some values that he instilled in us um, just by virtue of his upbringing. Uh, and one of those things is to be service oriented, to be graceful, to give people their respect, uh, and then you'll get that in return most of the time. Right? Okay. And so he always, always, always is is a friendly guy. Starts conversations uh, off with people by looking them in the eye, giving them the grace and the respect that they deserve when he listens first. Firm handshake. Firm handshake. Uh, you know, doesn't look away, and uh, you know. He's a vocal guy, and again, he, he listens first before he, he responds, and I think that's one of the things that you can do in order to give people some grace and then be a respectful person, respectable person. Yeah, I like that. That's, that is a, that's a big part. I, I can't think of any uh, man that I admire that I would say isn't respectable. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's something that I found about you. You, re- you relay that really well, and we've talked about that for a couple of years now. I've, I've always... How do I say it? You, you always light up a room when you walk into it, and you've never met somebody that's not a friend. We're just going to tug on each other on podcasts, aren't we? No, but I, yeah, but I mean, it literally is. It, it's something that's, yeah, that is good. I mean, we're here to talk about, you know, a purpose and help somebody find their purpose. Right. Um, you know, you, you really do light up a room, and, and everybody respects you. I mean, I've never met anybody that doesn't go, man, I really like that guy. There are a bunch of people that don't like me. No, <laughs> that's, that's well documented. You know, I can think of a few off the top. Man. Yeah, no. But <clears throat> there's plenty of people that don't like me, but a lot of people like you. And, and here, here's the here's the thing about that is like, <clears throat> I think for different reasons, people, the things that I like about you, oftentimes people don't people like. don't like about you. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's it's weird because I I think that they don't uh, give you the grace that you deserve. Because you are one of the people that can light up a room. You're extremely charismatic. And one of the things that I envy about you is that whenever you come into conversation, you're strong in what you know, you're strong in what you believe, yep. you don't back down for anybody. And I think exuding that type of presence, people are like naturally like, okay, let me take a few steps back and be on guard when I'm around this guy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a different kind of... <clears throat> You hold a lot of those things too, but you're a little bit more graceful with it. But yeah. it's it's a different kind of, of respect. You know, in order to be respected, you have to have respect for other people. Okay. And you can display that respect in multiple different ways. Yeah. Um, I've been known to display that respect in being very, very transparent, very upfront, very yeah. authentic yeah. with some people, yeah. Yeah. and letting them know what I really think. I think yeah. that is a good way to show respect to the people you're around is 100% authenticity. Yeah. You know, we hear a lot about being real in today's age. Um, and I think that, that that can go too far. And and I've learned that. I mean, you've seen a lot of growth on my side of, hey, we don't just barge into the room and, and tell everybody yeah. this is what we think they're all wrong. You know what I mean? Like, there are gradations to this. There is such a thing as nuance. Right. Um, but I think that especially in today's day and age where nobody knows what's really happening in social media and people are searching for some sort of authenticity. Right. And I think that if you can bring that, that, that – that brings a lot of table. To, that brings a lot to the table for being a respected man. Oh, absolutely. And one of the, and and that's exactly what it was that was like the anchor point for me. Yeah. And I think one of the anchor points for the things that I liked about you and and one of the things that we latched onto in terms of our relationship, right? Yeah. Is like you're authentic. You're yourself. Yeah. You're this big, super presence of a of a Texan dude, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they say everything's bigger in Texas. I think you you exude and embody <laughs> that in both mental and physical capacity, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, I think most people would expect us to clash in that regard. 
just on face value. Yeah. But again, and I, I give all props to my to my dad and then to my two younger brothers who I've learned a whole bunch from, is that they give people grace, man. They get they allow people to be themselves, and I think you start there, then you make a lot more friends in this world by doing that. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And something that I want to go on off of a few topics of what you said. Give me give me a second, but. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I've learned over just the past like two or three months is to be patient with people. You know, mm-hmm. um, I have standards that I set for myself and that I set for my friends and I set for those around me. Yeah. Um, giving people grace and being patient with people and letting them fully understanding their position and where they at is absolutely key. And that kind of rolls into what I really, really wanted to talk with you about today is how do you, and I, I believe in order to be a good man, you must understand how to interact with people and must understand how to build good relationships. Yes. Um, I think that is an area that you absolutely strive in and like not even, you know, yeah. we, we've been sucking each other off for a few minutes now, but like that if there is one strength that you can write on a paper, right. it is that you build good relationships with people. Yeah. Um, I, I think so to, to that point real quick and then continue on where you're going. Cause I think I know where you're going with this. So like in, if you were going to put this down on paper chronologically, right? Yeah. First step is going in with grace. That's the first part of being respectful, right? Yeah. And then the second point you started to hit on, the second part in that journey of, of building a relationship, if it's grace is step one, then patience is step two, yeah. right? And that's where being a good listener comes in. But then on your side, you know, you have standards mm-hmm. and you have a way of living and a persistent way of, of interacting with people that you're going to hold to regardless of how that conversation goes. And I think having that to fall back on while you're in conversation, while you're in that, that second step of listening yeah. is, is super good and also super critical for people to understand that when it is your time to respond, that they know that the person that's bringing information to the table is somebody that they should respect as well. Yeah. So step one, being grace, being respectful. Step two, patience. I, I, I agree with that. And then the, you know, consistency for anybody that knows me, I, I am nothing but consistent. You know what I mean? If, if I am nothing, I am consistent, but do not be so consistent that you cannot change your mind. Mm. There is a difference between being consistent and being stubborn. Um, that's gold. That's gold. I, I think that's, that's pretty good. I am consistent in my beliefs and I make sure that when, when I do get to the point of where I change my mind, that I, I change my mind consistently throughout things, kind of <clears> like the conversation we had in the car earlier. Right. But no, I, I do want to put this topic. One thing I want to discuss with you, and we're going to explore explore it even further, not just within our own. We've been hitting on kind of our own strengths and weaknesses. Right. But I want to kind of give people a guide, and we're working on this. But how do you make unlikely friends in unlikely places? So just a little bit of background. Um, you and I are not the type of people that to like a group of people will not see us and go, Hey man, I bet they're, they're pretty good friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that, th- that is not what happens to us. Do um, you remember the, the side eyes that we were getting when we walked into Fuego for the first time? Into where? In the, in the Fuego. No, no, Fuzzies. Fuzzies, the taco shop right yeah, there yeah, off yeah, 34. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there's a, <clears throat> and this is a, uh, Fuzzies is a taco food chain that's, that's pretty prominent in the South. And so we're out here in middle of nowhere, West Texas, this big country, 330 pound white guy and this small skinny from the middle of uh, uh, you know left wing blue Houston uh, uh, skinny black kid walking to a taco shop just laughing and having a good time right? and, and and don't don't get us don't get us wrong it, it is not that Amarillo is like racist because it could be easy to read that situation yeah it is not that we were getting just as many weird looks from the black people in the room 
Yeah. You know what I mean? It, yeah. is, it is not like, this is not a story of, oh, the Both black sides. guy. Yeah, this is not a Remember the Titans type of of situation. <laughs> yeah. This is just that our, our attitudes and the way we carried ourselves were yeah. so completely different yeah. that we weren't we weren't likely friends. And even the people at work. I mean, how long did we work at Pantex before people actually realized that we were cool? Yeah. I mean, there, there was people that would talk behind our backs about one another. Like, rarely would they talk bad about you because that's just not the kind of relationship they, you have people. Um, they, I mean, had, they had their issues with a, me, but a yeah, few. Yeah. But how many people would come to you and be like, "Man, I just don't really like that Haas guy," and you know what I mean? It's like they don't know that we were we were I mean almost best friends for a little bit. Yeah, we were lifting every single day together. Yeah, um, or like in the gym, hanging out, grabbing um, drinks on the weekends, campfires, and you put me on freaking country songs. We, exactly, we were, we were you know and thick as thieves, man. But it, and it was so weird for people. You know, we walk into Zach's club. And you're not very observant in the gym. Like it, it was, it was a struggle for a little bit of like, hey man, did you see that? Or hey, you know, did you see this girl? Or yeah. hey man, you know, this dude just nearly killed himself on the Smith machine. And you're like, dog, I'm in my, I'm in my zone. Yeah, I, I got four sets of um, ten. Like, bro, I'm not focused on anything. Yeah, <laughs> but in the gym, it was so funny too to see in the gym. Yeah, because I could just feel those, those looks of that guy is paying the black dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like this guy. Yeah. That I I guarantee you there were multiple people that were like, man, I need to get on some some physical, you know, some training, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was always funny when we would introduce one another. Yeah. I would always introduce myself as your physical trainer. Yeah, I yeah. still I still yes. do that. I today. still do that. Did I did it, it today. Yeah. I was like, yeah, man, I'm I'm Jonah's personal trainer, which is so funny. Yeah. like it's so <laughs> ironic, and people don't know what to do with that information. Yeah. Um, but I I think we're the we're the poster case. I mean, we're we're both type A's. We're the poster case for how do you make unlikely friends in unlikely places. So what do we tell people on, 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 how to, on how to do that? Because in order to be a good man and to have a good purpose and to go through life as a leader, you need to be able to form relationships with yeah. all different kinds of people. So what did we do and, and how did we do that to form such a, a strong bond and, and kind of shove it in, not shove it in people's face, but form that bond when people thought it, it wasn't going to be there. If you, and still, to this day, if you ask people that know you and I, like I, I don't know on your side mm-hmm. of, of what friends you have that I don't know about, mm-hmm. but you probably tell them that you have a friend like me, and they're they're just bewildered, they're dumbfounded. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and some of the same thing on my <laughs> side. Um, what did we do to make that happen? And, and how, how did how did we get to this point? Yeah, so great question. I think there's a there's a couple of things that that I noticed right off the bat. Right, one is after we. When we first got introduced to each other, we, we got shoved in class together, basically. Yeah, right? yeah we did. Right, right. And so there's a common experience that we shared, right? Sharing a common experience with somebody oftentimes brings them closer together, right? Yeah. People from different walks of life, they get thrown into boot camp, you know, in the military or whatever. Next thing you know, they're, they're best friends, stick of these, right? Yeah. So having, having sharing, shared experience, having a common experience, I think, is step one. Step two is... I'm listening to you speak inside of class. This guy's got something to offer already. Yeah. So <clears throat> here's somebody that I can go to and ask for questions. For me, I'm always a person that's wanting to learn, mm-hmm. right? I'm always the person that's, that's wanting to go into a situation. I know I'm a dumbass, yeah. right? And I know that there's, there's things, there's experiences that other people have, there's information that other people have that I can latch on to. And if I, if I notice somebody has good information to latch on to, I naturally am gravitating towards them. The thing that I love about you is that you have, again, the back to the standards piece, you have a, 
uh, a playbook of things that you will do and, and will not do. Mm-hmm. You have a playbook of understandings of, and technical experience that I just absolutely love. So then when you speak, you speak with authority, you speak with power. That, may, that makes me want to listen. Right? Yeah. So shared experience. I wanted to listen to you. Then you're funny as hell. So <laughs> as soon as you start cracking jokes, man, I'm like, this guy would be cool to kick it with. Right? Yeah. And so I think for me, those are the things that open the door for me. Right. Yeah. And then beyond that, man, it's like after that, enter into a conversation. Don't be afraid to engage. Yeah. Right. And then if you if you can break that fear that a lot of people have nowadays, because we're just so used to texting people from behind a phone and that in-person experience is kind of daunting. Yeah. Break that barrier. Break that fear. You have conversations with people all day and all night long because people love to talk about themselves. They love to share experiences. They love to talk about what they know. And they also love to listen and learn, right? Yeah. If you go in with that understanding as opposed to, I have to be on the defensive because this people this person does not know me. Yeah. I think you, you, you make that switch. You flip that in your mindset. You open the door to, to a new friendship, an unlikely friendship. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly right. I, I I couldn't agree more with what you said when you said that I think that there's something I can learn from this person. Yeah. Um, even even not in the aspect of learning. So for people that don't know the background, he kind of shared it. We got put into a class together. We got hired on for this multi-million, you know, billion dollar, billion dollar company that's running nuclear weapons and building nuclear weapons. And yeah. then they said, hey, they moved Jonah to Amarillo, which he was super pissed about anyway, being from Houston. But then they said, you're all going to work from home. Um, well, none of us knew how to do any of this. Like we were all no. green, green, green. I had a little bit of project experience, especially in, in you know in West Texas dealing with these people with projects. Yeah. That's kind of what I brought to the pay, to the to the the table. Um, but nobody had like hardly any primavera experience. Exactly. Um, and so they finally decided that they needed to uh, stick us in a classroom with a bunch of people. And it was it was maybe like what two weeks into our stint there. Yeah. Four weeks into yours, two weeks into mine. Yep. Um, and they stick us in there with. I'm gonna go very light. On this, I want to go very light on this, but they stick us in there with one of the most eccentric people I've ever seen in my life. You remember Blair? Yeah, Blair Fullerton. Okay, so um, he is eccentric. Oh, I, I love him too. And I, there are plenty of reasons for him not to love me and for me not to love him, but I love him. Yeah. Um, he, he is the antithesis of, of what I am. Um, but he was super cool, super eccentric, taught us a lot. Um, but it just created it created fodder for like jokes to be made and and looks to be given across the room. You Absolutely. know what I mean? Um, I, yeah, uh, I'll I'll leave that there. Um, but anyway, so like you said, sharing the common experience, I think that's key. You got to get out and have experiences in order to meet new people. Um, you're not going to meet a whole lot of new people at the grocery store every week. You got to get out and do some other things, get and and go sh- have new experiences. Yeah. Um, one thing that you you said is you know. Can I learn from this person? Um, I think it's key to, in order to build good relationships, I think that in order to build good relationships and not waste your time with them, one of two requirements must be met, or if not both. Either you can learn from something from this person and you can be bettered by this person's presence, or you can better them. Preferably both. That's the way a really, really good relationship gets made. I can think of you. I can think of Nick Shelton, Chase Christie, Max Max Mankin, all the people that are going to listen to this podcast just because they're my friend. That we give, you know, what I don't even know is give unto one another or whatever. You know what I mean? Like we learn from each other, um, and I think that is key to building a good relationship. Because if I'm 
if all I'm doing is going through life and giving and giving and giving and giving to all these people, um, it's going to get exhausting. And you can do that. But in order to really build a good relationship, a good brotherhood among men, I think being able to give and receive in that relationship and knowing when you're getting, you know, knowing when you're, when you're giving and knowing when you're receiving and understanding that that's how those relationships work. I think that's key and being, being on the lookout for that. Um, you know, for me, I think I struggled making unlikely friends for a long time because I always was looking for what can I bring to the table? Mm. You know what I mean? What advice can I give to people? And I still do that. You know what I mean? But I know a little bit about a lot of stuff. And so there's, you know, there's a lot of things where I walk into the room and it may be about pocket knives or something. And I still, you know, I have something to offer. Yeah. Um, but I've started switching my mode from, hey, I, I may think I have more to offer here. And I probably do on this topic. Yeah. But I'm going to wait and I'm going to listen and see if they have even just a nugget of something that I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I may know more uh, guns especially. Um, you know me. I'm a gun guy. I've, I've got a business teaching guns. Don't I know. I know, it. I know a lot about guns. Are we going to plug safe and sound or are we going to leave that? Oh, yeah. We got WTX WTX safe and sound. Come learn some gun safety. Come get trained up. Be a protector. Protect, provide, perform. Anyway, um, educate, empower, enhance. Um, (laughs) No, but like even even on guns, on on a topic that I am pretty much most soundly an expert when I'm in the room, I still, I've, I've so switched my mode to the other way where I will ask questions 10 times more than I give give advice. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think that is key for finding somebody that wants to be heard. You know, you, you listen to, to Jocko Willink and he puts it in a, in a great way of, of, of the ego. You know what I mean? Like we all have these egos and we all want to be heard. We all want to feel like we have value added yeah. and the best way to build a good relationship with somebody is to make sure that they feel heard and massage that ego a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, and I have, I have completely switched. I'm a new man after reading, uh, leadership strategies and tactics, uh, on, on how to build good relationships with people and massage that ego and, and genuinely not do it. Don't do it as a, as a manipulation tactic, do yeah. it because they might actually have something for you to learn. Yeah. Do it because they might actually have it's, something it's new. It's so important. And then b- beyond anything that we're talking about, if you can take something away, if you're interested, be interested and be genuinely interested. Yeah. Right? That that the thing that you talked about earlier, which was authenticity and being genuine and you're like uh, and you're wanting to know something. Yeah. I think that speaks that feels more than anything else. The conversation could go go you know, a million different directions, and you're not going to remember but one or two things from that, right? Maybe the hi and, and the goodbye. People love to understand that they had a genuine in- interaction. Mm-hmm. If they can take away that they felt something, that they got something out of that interaction, then th- that's all they need in order to be able to come back, right? I have a, go ahead, go ahead. I oh, I was going to say, I think that that was a key for, you know, we got to look at the group of people that got hired and who ended up becoming really thick, you know, like yeah. thick as thieves. Yeah. You know, when we were at Cotavez, because we went to Cotavez after that, after that meeting. Yeah. And I think the people that became really thick, it was you, me, and the one we won't mention that, you know, I had a pretty good relate, you know, yeah. we got a pretty, pretty good friendship with her. Um, I think it's because we were the three most genuine people at the table. And that's not to take away from other people. I think that they were nervous. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think that it was, it was probably nervous for them meeting new people, but we were the three that came to the table and we said, no matter what, we're going to be ourselves and we're going to be genuine. And we were the three that at least for, for some time, you and I are still kicking, you know, her and I haven't talked for a while, but we were, 
the three people that really became thick and held that group together because I believe we were so genuine. In a time of Skype meetings, in a time of profile pictures being all that we saw, the one hour that we got to get together and have food, the three people that were the most genuine came out with the tightest yeah. bonds. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I think that's a, that's a pretty good insight for why you should, when you go into a group of people, um, obviously have social IQ. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like don't, don't be that guy that goes in and just says everything that he feels, know who you're talking to, yeah. have some social IQ, yeah. but be genuine. You know what I mean? Like, what was it uh, when I forget? I even forget her name. But when she was uh, talking about cats, and when because we used to have these barn cats, she was she loved her cats. She loved her cats, and I was already like one margarita deep, and we were laughing about something, and I was like, yeah. Um, you know, we used to have some barn cats and I hated them, but our horses would just stomp them into the ground and like telling this true, honest story and everybody else is like having a good time. She hated me from that day on. And it wasn't even like I was talking, it wasn't like I was like, yeah, I love killing cats. Like I I don't, but like it was my horses like stomping cats. And that was my experience with cats is that's why we never had any. Yeah. And dude, she hated me. She hated me, but I was genuine and and, you know, everybody else appreciated that. And everybody, you know, thought it was a funny story. It was much funnier at the time. Like. It sounds kind of morbid now, but it was a, it was a much funnier conversation at the time. But she hated that, and she never got thick with any of us. No, you know what I mean. Like n- none of us would have immediately picked up her phone call. You know, we would have helped her. Yeah. But it wasn't like stopping everything we do to pick up the phone call and help her because she wasn't <laughs> thick with us. She, she wasn't genuine. Yeah, and you know I, what I mean, I, I, she she was one of those people that she was in a different stage in her life a little bit. Yeah. And, and you know. Certain people don't like to extend work relationships, and I, and I understand that completely, right? Yeah. But you don't want to get reminded of that 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 nine to five or that you know seven to four you know task list and all that kind of stuff that you do as soon as you get off that. And I completely a hundred percent understand that. But I think to go back to uh, one of the things you were talking about earlier is that she didn't even want to be there, right? She didn't want to have that shared experience necessarily. And because of that, that was kind of a barrier to entry in order for her to be ingratiated into our group at all, right? I have a couple questions for you. And I don't think I've asked these before, and so this will be a a learning experience for me. You hit on two things. One, being genuine, right? I want to ask you, one, how did you find out about yourself, right? What makes you confident in who you are? And then I think a lot of people can use that confidence as an anchor point for them to actually be genuine. And then two, um, you said that now that you've had this, you've, you've read Jocko Willing's book, you've kind of flipped your mindset to being the person that can go into an interaction and say, hey, I've got something to learn. What was it before that you were struggling with in terms of how you met people? Why did you not meet unlikely friends say before me or or before you entered into this this new season of kind of being this new person yeah i think i think those are really good questions and as as far as to the first one let, let me just rephrase you want to you want to know like how i became to to hold to those those principles and, and be genuine what, make, that, what makes you confident in who you are what makes me confident in who i am that, that's got to go to my dad um the, my dad exudes confidence and he has the same problem that i do where it might be a little bit of arrogance you know what yeah. i mean but he always preached to me that you, you have to, you're always going to be wrong if you think you're wrong. You're always going to be bad if you think you're bad, you know, especially in sports. If you think that you're the worst guy on the football team, yeah. you're going to be the worst guy on the football team. Yeah. Um, you have to go in there thinking that you are 
good. You are, you are confident. You are who you, you think you can be. It goes back to kind of visualization. But he always used to tell me, he would say, look, you are the best guy on that field when you put the work in. Yeah. You know, I, I think back to baseball. He would always say, look, you are the best on this team if you put the work in. Yeah. He's not that dad that says, you're the best on this team. I can't believe that they wouldn't let you play. He coached most of the time. Yeah. Um, and he was, he was a coach that always let kids have their playing time. He always saw it as a learning opportunity, not a, a winning thing. Like, yeah. he always let kids have their playing time. Um, and I got more than most. I mean, that's, that's a coach's kid. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I also, he was preaching every day that you are the best if you put the work in. Yeah. Um, and I've just carried that into, I, I can be, I can be your best friend yeah. if I put the work in. Yeah. Um, I can be the smartest guy in the room if I put the work in. Yeah. And I carry myself like that because if I don't, then I'm never going to be. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, no, absolutely. It's, it's believe it and then work your ass off to turn that belief yes. into truth. Yes. Right. You do those two things, you can do anything. Yeah, I, I I think I think that's that's true, and it goes back into some of a lot of people believe in visualization. You know, I visualize every single evening, um, try to every single evening, um, especially when I'm on a program for 75 hard. But you you take and you picture yourself somewhere that you're not, and a lot of people would call that dreaming. Yeah. No, you're you're manifesting the person that you think you can be, and then you have to back that up with work. Yeah. That's what makes me confident. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm confident that I can go and be a bow hunter I am a bow hunter yeah. I have to put the work in you yeah. know what I mean I can't I, I literally every single night for visualization I visualize myself killing a big bull elk yeah and so I have the confidence that I can do that um, I just go put the work in and it's the same way for being a genuine person if you're confident in the way you are in the way you think if it's if it's politics you're never going to be right if you don't at least think you are now be willing to be proven wrong yeah um, you know, you, you have to be willing to be proven wrong. You have to go in there and you have to say, I want to learn more. And so I'm willing to be proven wrong because that means that I learn more. But if you don't at least think you're right to start with, yeah. you know what I mean? You're never, you're never going to be, you're always going to be swayed this way and that way. Um, th does that, is that kind of an answer that you're no, looking no, for? No, absolutely. So, you know, believe it, put the work in and then in every single aspect of your life, whether that be bow hunting, whether that be in engineering, whether that be in art, whether that be whatever, whatever the case is. Yeah. Do, do a task, do a simple task, right? Like visualizing it, like dreaming it right before you, you know, put that thought into your head before you go to bed. And when you wake up in the morning that the next step in order for me to achieve, to manifest, that's where I'm going to see myself before mm -hmm. it even happens. Yep. And then we go in and make that happen. Yeah. How, how long have you been this confident? I mean, obviously, since sports. I mean, since sports. And it was, you know. You played sports like 12, 13 years no, old? No, five. Like four or five. I mean, flag football. And from the jump. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, and, and it's really one. I owe, If I owe nothing to my dad, yeah. it's that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I owe a lot of things to my dad. But if I owe nothing, it is that. The fact that from day one, he always says, you can do whatever you want to do. Yeah. And I don't know if that comes from him. Maybe he wasn't told that. I, I don't know. Yeah. But he always said, look, if you want to be president, you can be president. And he meant it. Yeah. And he still means it. Yeah. Um, that That's where I got that. of, And that's why it's so hard for me. You know, you know, I struggle with people saying, well, he's arrogant. He's arrogant. He's arrogant. Yeah. Yeah. It can come off as arrogance. And I'm sure I am arrogant at some times. I catch myself all the time. I said something to Scott the other day. I was like, I was like, Scott, it's lonely at the top. And then I caught myself <laughs> right, right after I said that. I was like, God, I was like, shoot me all now. Right. Um, that was pretty fucking arrogant. Turn the, turn the mic off. <laughs> no, but but 
he's always walked that line and said, hey, look, you can be what you want to be. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, from Flacco, I, I believed that I could be the best football player on that field. Yeah. You know what I mean? And a lot of times I was. Yeah. I mean, there, there was a lot of times where I was the best player on the field because I was told that I was and I put the work in. I would love to see some game film. Um, just some game them. film? Yeah. I'm sure there's some there. <laughs> um, in school, he said, you can be the smartest person in the room. A lot of times he would say, you are the smartest person in the room. You just have to put the work in. Yeah. Um, and, so, and so that's where that came from. And it... It bewilders me that people people think that they that they can't believe that in okay. themselves. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you you get it it it's astounding. Well, well, well I, I mean, to that point, not everybody's got you know Papa Rouser telling them and instilling in them at an early age. Yeah, believe, man. All you got to do is think that you can, and then yeah. back it up with some hard work. That's a hard message to come by. One, if you know you didn't have your pops coaching you between the ages of you know starting at five years old and then still coaching you through life, right? Yeah. And then two, it's like so many people have so many different experiences and so many different negative ones that they don't have that belief or that Jiminy Cricket or that conscience to go back to that says, hey, even though you failed. As long as you're still believing, you can keep moving, right? Yeah. You can keep moving forward in the right direction, right? Yeah. Um, and 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 you know, I w- we'll digress a little bit there because I want to get to the second point, and I think you've got great experience and great turnover in this because you've changed so much. Is okay, you're confident, right? Yeah. Just being confident doesn't mean that you can make friends, and making friends might be easier than making unlikely friends. Necessarily, it is make, you know, it's easier to make an unlikely friends, right? Yeah. Did you ever come across anybody with different experiences experiences than you or anybody that you said, hey, that's not somebody that I want to be friends with or that would be somebody that would be hard to be friends with? And how did you handle that kind of growing up? Um, let's see. I mean, let me think through... I don't know, man. I went through, I didn't have very, we talked about having shared experiences with, you know, diverse groups of people. I didn't have much of that. I mean, most of the schools that I went to were, were pretty similar. And so I honestly, I cannot, nobody immediately comes to mind until, until Pantex. Was it hard to make friends growing up for you? Um, no, because I didn't need many friends. It was, it was hard to make a lot of friends, but it was not hard to make one. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there was always the you in the room yeah. that, that liked me for some reason. I liked somebody else for some reason. Yeah. So I always had a good amount of friends. Yeah. Um, it was hard to make a lot of friends. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so the, 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 the unlikely relationships in the room. Yeah. Did you ever win anybody over? Um, win anybody over. Or was that, you know, was that not even tested until, until Pantex? Until yeah, you get to about the 22, 23-year mark, and then you get some... I don't know that I wanted to. Does that make sense? That's interesting. Um, I don't know that I didn't... There were some unlikely people that you know probably would have benefited me if I had friends. I, I can think of one immediately. I don't want to say his name. Yeah. But I can think of one that I just said, nah, man, you know, if he doesn't like me, he doesn't like me. Right. You know, and I, I you know... Yeah, I can think of one where... I just didn't, nobody was really his friend. Everybody kind of acted like his friend. He had money. Let me put it that way. Yeah. Um, his dad built a company and um, they they did really well and he had some money. There was something to gain there. So people were schmoozing a little bit. Yeah. Well, right. schmoozing and then hating on him on the back end. You know what I mean? Like, oh, he's so rich. He's so uh, that. You know, when you live in a poor community, it's some of that. And I just didn't want to be his friend because I was like, man, if he, 
he was an unlikely friend. He's somebody that I probably could have been really good friends with, but I'm like, man, if he doesn't like me, he doesn't like me. I'm me. You know what I mean? I'm confident. I'm the best in the room, you know, like that kind of thing. Right. Um, I still put the work in. I was, you know, I still put the work in, but it was a, if you don't like me, that is your problem. Right. Um, for me, I, I, I think that's very true. It was the, if you don't like me, that is your problem yeah. until, and still to a certain extent, I'm like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Still to a certain extent, but I'm a lot more willing and a lot more soft to meet people where they're at now. Um, and that started at Pantex. Um, that started when I got into, I went from the rough, rough, rough agriculture industry. You want to talk about hard building relationships? Yeah. Um, the ag industry is pretty, you know, pretty rough. And it's, I wouldn't say it's hard building relationships, but there are rough relationships. I mean, it, it's hard to, there are no soft skills in, yeah. in the yeah. ag industry. Like it, very, very few. And I, you know, I like that. You kind of got to bully your way around in order to get what you need done. Yeah. Like I, I liked being in that space just because it was kind of rough and tumble and it, you know, you had to, you had to go get after it. It was stressful. Yeah. Um, but you, you kind of had to go get after it and, and get what you want and, and, and make moves where I got immediately thrust into corporate America. Right. Um, and Pantex, you know, by my own doing, like I took the job, you know, right, whatever. Right, but, right. um, I think that was the first time I ever really, really experienced a space where my mode, my modus operandus, my way of doing things was not going to work. Yeah. And I think that pissed me off more than anything. Yeah. Um, it worked with you and we got together, yeah. but that's when I really started diving into your brain and we started having these conversations about, man, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. You know what I mean? How do I, how do I change this um, in order to win some of these people over? Yeah. Um, in order to foster good relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and naturally, that, that's tougher to do when you're in an industry like that. Yeah. If, if it's, hey, man, it, the top dog is going to eat. The top dog is going to be the person that gets this project done or, or gets the, the help that they need, whatever. I'm telling you what to do. And if you're not doing what I want you to do, then get out of my way. Right? Yeah. Or I'm going to move you out of my way. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and corporate America, and I think <laughs> daily life, even, right? Meeting somebody at a grocery store, at a Fuzzies. At a at a movie theater on your way in, talking to girls, talking you know, trying to make some friends at the bar, whatever the case may be, it's 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 a lot less. I've got an end goal in mind, and more of social situation where I'm gonna scout out the room, right? I'm gonna bring my essence to the table, and then I'm gonna have a good time, right? Because like, for me, if I had to take a step back, I've always been in a diverse pool of people. Right? Yeah. Born and raised in, in Houston, Texas. Yeah. It's one of the most diverse cities in the world. It's a port city. Everybody from every walk of life is 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 in that world, right? You're tasting, uh, you're seeing different people all the time. You're tasting different foods. You're you're learning different languages all the time, right? And you've got this kind of melting pot, this gumbo mix of, of, of people. And so, you know, it's it behooves you to just take a step back and observe, right? And then from there, it's like, Okay, I, I know who I am. I'm gonna go find out who all these other interesting people are, and, yeah. let, and let's just have a conversation. There was never a point in time for me where it was, and, and you know, football being an exception, but you can kind of flip the switch on and off. And this might be, you know, one of the things that we connected on just intuitively. But in life, it was just like, be cool, man. Be cool. Be genuine. Be yourself. If you don't want to talk to anybody, you don't have to. You don't have to force anybody to say anything. But life was much more easy, easy going, you know, yeah. in, in that regard. And so being easy going, right, lends itself to a, a few things tactically. One, again, and I keep going back to this, but uh, these are just the things that I know to do. It's like sit back and listen. 
respect people. And then when you have something funny or interesting to say, say it. And then that gives people, one, confidence and assurance that you're listening to them. And then two, everybody wants to grab something, grab that nugget off the table, right, and, and bring it back. And if that nugget is a gold nugget that they can associate then with you thereafter that conversation, then that's going to make them want to come back and get some more, right? Yeah. And there was just the, I, I was lucky enough to be in a situation where there were a lot of people with those gold nuggets, and then I picked some up along my along the way from one conversation and dropped it off in the next one, right? And then just being generous with that, it, it lends itself to just making new making new friends, making new relationships, being easygoing with a whole bunch of different people. And that's yeah. just one of the things that I love to do anyway. You know right. what I'm saying? So. Yeah, no, and one thing that you said, like the diversity thing, like let me, re- let me rephrase this. We had, we had a lot of diversity, mm-hmm. not of ideology. Does that make sense? Like we had yeah. a lot of diversity. There were very, very, very few students yeah. that you could pick out that yeah. like would vote Democrat there, or there's, whatever. There's no like, shortage of diversity of ideology in, in, in a place like yeah, Houston, yeah, yeah. Texas. So or it, in any metro place. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't like I was coming out of high school and never seeing anybody that wasn't, you know, a white straight male. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like that. Yeah. It was just that within it, so we got to learn that it was okay to be different. You know, there was some the punk rock kids or, you know, the the emo kids. Like we got that exposure that it's okay to be different. Right. We just didn't get that for a lot of the ideologies. Like I know a guy that He's like the most punk rock guy, long hair, piercings, and he's still like hates the government. Like, yeah. I, like I, I don't know that there's like yeah. still, which that, that makes a lot of sense now. But growing up, right. everybody thought that he was going to be like super, super lefty. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was just so not really ingrained in us, but we we all thought somewhat close to the same. Right. You know what I mean? Um, right. And it, you know, it made it tough because we had to pick out like, this is going to be kind of odd, like odd once I say it, but we had to like search real hard to find the, you know, something to pick on people about, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, because now you can pick on people for what they think or like, you know, right. but we, we were all, you know, we were all pretty much the same. So that's where you could see some of that bullying turn to like physical appearances and stuff like that. But right. like we had diversity, just not of ideologies. And so I think that was the real culture shock yeah. of how do I get into a place? Once where you people, get into corporate America, people think differently. Than yeah. You, yeah. Right? A lot, a yeah. lot differently. Um, and especially among the age groups, yeah. you know, you have to realize that like I, I had more exposure to older age groups for most because I sought it out. I wanted to have those deeper, like we, we could be at a party with like a bunch of, yeah. like I could be yeah. at a friend's yeah. birthday party and I'm over here talking with the adults about economics like, right. in right. eighth grade. Right. Like this yeah. is, this is, this is real. And any, like any of the adults in my life will know that I would have those conversations at a very young age. Yeah. And so like I got to deal with older people, but I think it was just even more of a, of a culture shock to come into corporate America and see that there's holy crap, I am on par. Like, I, my peer is 50 years old. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and understanding that we may think a little bit of the same, but they come from a completely different, different time. Life. Yeah. Um, and that was a lot of culture shock. And that's when I really, really became invested on how do I, how do I build good relationships with people? Yeah. And that comes from me wanting to be the best. Right. I, I want to be the best. Yeah. And no matter what it is, whatever I do, you know, I will never half-ass, what is it, never half-ass two things, whole-ass one thing or whatever. Like, yeah. I I want to be the best. And if, if that means being the best coworker, I want to be the best. If that means being the best relationship builder, I want to be the best. Whatever I'm going to do, I want to be the best. And so that's why it was so frustrating when I came into Pantex and it was just, I wasn't the best at doing those things. And yeah. you were. And you know what I mean? Like, at least building those relationships. Right. Um, you know, I had some of the project stuff on lock, uh, but... 
you were the best at building relationships. And that's where like, I, I want to do that. And that's when I really started taking a hard look at myself and saying, what can I do to be the best? Yeah. Um, and that's when, that's when it really changed for me back to your original question. That was a long ways ago. Um, yeah. <laughs> been a lot, a lot of words between then and now, but your original question was what, what caused the flip? was that I, I came into corporate America with different, I, there was so many different ideologies and I wanted to be the best at making relationships and building relationships. Right. And that's what started me saying, hey, maybe I'm the problem. And, and that is so, that is so, that's tough because if, if you're having these conversations with adults, right? Yes. And they, they've grown in the time, like from like the 60s, 70s, 80s, and you're trying to apply that, that like, social feel that cultural feel of what they were living through to people in the in the you know that were born in 1996 and like 2002 or whatever it's yeah. like you're, you're our age but you've got such an age gap like yeah. in, t- in terms of look feel how you interact and all that kind of stuff yeah and so you know kudos to you for one recognizing that and you still hold, you can hold on to your ideologies here's what people I, I, I don't think understand you can hold on to what you believe and still be adaptable to how you make people feel. Yeah. Right. We don't agree on everything. No, we don't. We don't. We, we don't. We don't agree on, on a shit ton. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? A metric shitload. Yeah. <laughs> I, but, I, I think we're closer than what I think you were closer than what yeah. we act like. Yeah. But as far as I think when it comes to when we look at our groups of friends, like yeah. my group of friend, like my group of friends, we yeah. agree on a whole lot. Yeah. You we agree on a lot, you know. Yeah, there, there. You're not some lefty liberal that I could never have a conversation with. You know yeah. what I mean? Like we agree on a whole lot. Yeah. Um, but in what am I trying to think of? Uh, relatively, relatively to the rest of my friends, we disagree a lot. There's a, there's a spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And if, if you slide, if you slide too far to one side or, or too far to to the other in in each of our respective directions, yeah, then it, it gets a little weird. Yeah, yeah, it does get weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> we talked about one. Being generous, right? Opening, yeah. opening the door up to to somebody unique, somebody that you wouldn't know, that you would not have sought out previously, right? Right. In terms of being able to build a unique relationship, build an unlikely relationship. Step one, be gracious. Step two, be patient. Yep. And then I think step three might be be willing, and, and you do this perfectly now, right? Be willing to allow people to give you information, even if you are the smartest person in the room, right? And hear them out. And then step that's step three. Step four is give them something back. Genuinely. Be genuine. Be genuine. And but give the, be genuine in how you listen and receive that information. Yeah. And then how you turn that information back into something that's useful both for you and them. Yeah. Right? Uh, is there anything more that I would have to do in terms of that first interaction with somebody? Right, that that would make that interaction something that I would love to do again, that they would love to do again, and that we can then plan to do it again. Make sure to follow up, um, and that I think that counts as the first interaction is follow up. Yeah. Um, you know, get their number. Like, be it, it's kind of, it, you know, in relationships, especially if you're going to be talking to women, like, be a little bit more persistent than what you think you ought to be. I mm. think because that your your mind, if it's an unlikely situation mm. and you're already a little bit nervous, your mind's going to pull you back anyway. Yeah. So if you've got a friend, you know, a guy that you, you just hit it off at the gym and he's really cool and uh, you, you really want to make friends, um, I think it's important to follow up. Hey, man, you got anything going? You know what I mean? Like, right. you want to go grab a drink? Yeah. And, it, you know, may say no. Like, you may get rejected. But 
there's that basis of you know that you want to be friends with this guy and uh, and, and continue that on and do your best to, to foster that relationship. Right. And, um, and then the theme throughout that entire process is that authenticity. Following yeah. up is like that's something that people rarely do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and if you're the person that's taking the taking that next step, for me on the receiving end of that, I'm like, this guy cares. Yeah. Like, hold on, like this guy's interested in, in in what I've got going on, right? Yeah. This girl's interested in what I've got. Whatever whatever the relationship dynamic looks like, it's like yeah. that person is interested. I think that might be a person that I I would be interested in too, right? Yeah. And, and I think that that's it, man. Yeah. Follow up. Following up is very important. I I, I think I think it's key. Um, yeah. And then after that, be willing to do things that you didn't want to continue those shared experiences in a, in a space that you don't have a lot of experience. Yeah. So if I can think of, uh, Nick, he's going to be, a, uh, probably the next guest on the show. Um, Nick invited me to CrossFit. Okay. Nick, and Nick is somebody that you, was like a neighbor to you or something like that. No, you, you, you met him. Yeah, 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 but I, the audience might not. I was trying to tee it up. Oh, oh trying, yeah, yeah. I was trying to be the Dwayne Wade to your LeBron James. I know you yeah. don't like basketball. Yeah, no. So, so Nick, uh, Nick is my CrossFit coach, and um, he's he's a lot more than that. He's a friend. Um, How'd you guys meet? Uh, we met at the gym. We met at Zach's, and that's that's what I was gonna say. Is yeah. I actually so what really happened was I went in there and I was trying to dumbbell snatch um, like twenty fives or something like that. I was just, I'm just trying to not be fat, dog. <laughs> You know what I mean? And this dude is in there. You're looking good, by the way. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. This dude's in there literally clean and jerking some ungodly amount of weight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It, had, it had to have been close to 200. And he's just doing it like He's literally got work boots right by his bag. Yeah. He just came from like hanging gutters or some shit. And he's just clean and jerking ungodly amount of weight. I was like, you know what? This guy might know how to dumbbell snatch. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, despite my three or four YouTube videos that yeah, I've watched, yeah, yeah. he might know how to dumbbell snatch. Right. And so I asked him, and it was so funny. If you know Nick, he's 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 pretty straightforward. He was like, I was like, hey man, well, uh, you know, how do I dumbbell snatch? And he's like, well, you're not doing it. <laughs> and, I was like, and he was like, not like that. First things first, my man. You're not doing that shit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Let me help so, you out. He was like, you're going to do this. And he showed me how Shout to dumbbell to Nick, snatch. Yeah. Um, and then I, I don't even remember how we got into it, but he had a YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, and this was when I was really diving into the podcast and the self-improvement and stuff like that. Right. And I got on his YouTube channel and right. I, I really liked what I saw. Right. Saw him in the gym again. Right. Asked, hey man, what do you think about this? You know what I mean? Right. Um, he says, well, you know, I coach CrossFit and this and that. Yeah. Little did I know. Yeah. Little did I know that... I asked the guy, um, the guy I asked to, to teach me how to dumbbell snatch is yeah. like a third owner in the largest CrossFit gym in Amarillo. Jesus. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's, he's, he's the real deal and he does all of our programming. Like if there's anybody in Amarillo that you're going to ask how to dumbbell snatch, it's that guy. probably the guy, you know what I mean? Yeah. So by opening myself up and doing that, um, and that is saying, him. He is that guy. Yeah. Now. He is, he is the guy. He is the, the CEO yeah. of teaching people how to dumbbell snatch. Um, but, uh, you know, following up on that. He invited me to go to CrossFit. Yeah. And what is everybody that's never done CrossFit? They're like, oh my God, immediately this guy's douchebag. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like CrossFit, you mean half pull-ups? You know right. what I mean? Like there are so many stereotypes around CrossFit. And I immediately had those too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, all the type A personalities and this and that. Right. And he said something about, yeah, man, we got 70-year-old women that come do it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you know, like I still had those, like, like those, those preconceptions of what CrossFit is. Right. And he said, hey, man come try it. Yeah. Come try it. I said, all right, all right, I'll come try it. 
went and tried it, did the foundations, did what I needed to do. He didn't force you into it. No, he, he didn't, didn't say you no. need this. He didn't say I have the formula. He, he said, said, and that that's something between him and I that he like. He specifically said, if right. you, he asked me, what do you want out of fitness? Yeah. And he, if I would have said I want to be a powerlifter, he would have walked away. Right. You know what I mean? He would have been done. Right. But I said I want to be functional. Right. You know what I mean? I want to be able to hunt. I want to be able to do the things that I want to do. Yeah. And he said, you got to come across it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like the come try it. Yeah. Um, and I was willing to go and, and do those things and learn from him yeah. and do something that I was so nervous about doing. I mean, literally cro- CrossFit is a meme. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, I love it. And we'll get into more of that, but like to the outside culture that, that doesn't really know much about fitness. Right. CrossFit is a meme. Yeah. I mean, there are memes made every single day about CrossFit. Right. right. Um, be willing to be willing to partake in those things and open your mind up and foster those relationships with people. And that's another unlikely relationship. First off, we didn't even touch on this, but part of the respect thing is being able to go in humbly. Yes. Right? Yep. You, you respected him. You listened to him. He gave you some nuggets. And then, you know, you might have received, you might have given him back something just by following up on his YouTube channel. And then yeah. you followed up again by actually going to the CrossFit gym. Yeah. So there it is. There's the five-step plan for execution for meeting, some, meeting an unlikely person, building an unlikely relationship slash friendship, executed to a T. Oh yeah, and I, I pay him every single month ninety dollars <laughs> CrossFit and real, and it is it is not like and not, not only are you following up, but you're doubling it and tripling it. Yes, sir. And yeah. it, it they could they could double that gym membership, and it would still be worth it. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's like awesome. please please don't please don't. <laughs> Nick, if you're out there listening, yeah, they, they, don't triple it up, my friend. <laughs> they they could double that, and it yeah. would still be worth it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, find find value in people, and be willing to open your mind up. Yeah. I'm still trying to get Nick to go on a hunt with me. Uh, I'm still trying to get Nick to go hunting with go. but hey, uh, hey, You know what to tell him, right? Just come try it. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's already tried it. He's already tried it. And he's like, I'm not doing it again. And I'm like, dog. You didn't like, like it? No, no. He, he he went, I think it was on a stand hunt or something like that. But uh, I'm like, dog, you like to hike? Yeah. Just do it with meat on your back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you, don't, you don't even have to kill it. Just come carry my meat out. But no. Uh, yeah. So I, I think that's key. Um, let's talk about fitness a little bit. Um, because I owe... I owe I, I say this to people a lot of, that you probably never heard, but I always say that, that Jonah Trahan literally saved my life. You, you, um, you're going to say you owe me, I saved life, all that kind of stuff. It's it's all nonsense. It, okay, but, but please continue to say it because yeah. the more that you say it, the better brand recognition I get. And oh, I, I know. I secretly love that. I know. But, but no, no, no. Seriously, it's it, – we built a relationship. Yeah. You saw me going to the gym. You tagged along. But you made the decision to go to the gym. I, I can't, that, that's I, not I, what I, happened. I couldn't have dragged your ass to the gym if I wanted to. Okay, let's 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 set. Okay, so I do want to ask about how fitness became such a big part of your life. Okay, but let's talk about my experience in getting into fitness let's do it. and and getting into weightlifting. Let's do it. Um, I'm going to quote you verbatim, and you're not going to disagree with me on this because <laughs> I remember it very well because it was a life changing moment for me. Um, we get we had gotten to the point where we were at Georgia Street Tap House. That was the place. That was the hangout. Did you break my ride at the rain pin? No, no, no. Um, anyway, we got to the point where we were uh, we were at Georgia Street Tap House. We were going there pretty often. And you said you said quit being a fat fuck. Come lift weights. There's no way I said you that. you said that. I swear I'm, to God. There's no I swear way I to God that. you said that. You said quit being a fat fuck. Come lift weights. And this is when you and I had been like going back and forth with each other. And something that honestly changed my life, that literally I will never, I will never forget this. You paid for my first month's Jack, Zach's membership. Do you, you really? Do you remember doing that? No. I, ha, I have, you Venmoed me $40 for the first month's Zach's Club membership. Interesting. Um, you, you were that willing to get me into the gym 
yeah. you saw that much value in, in health and fitness um, that you paid for my first month's Zach's membership. And that, that's on God. Um, yeah, so we're, we're here now. But um, how did fitness become such a big part of your life? And why were you so willing to share that with somebody that, that was not fit? One, I wish I would remember that. I'd cash in on these steaks that you're about to kick, cook for me more often. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's always been part of, like, my family's culture, I guess. My, my pops, my, my grandfather, baseball player, taught my, taught my pops how to catch, throw, hit, right? My dad did that for me. And then I got two younger brothers who I've been competing with my whole life, so that helps, right? Yeah. And then all throughout, it's like we, we t-ball, soccer, uh, uh, baseball, football, play, track, did everything, played everything. Fitness has always been one of those constants in my life. It's just natural to keep going at it. As I got older, specifically, you, once you make the jump from like middle school to high school, is where you get introduced to that next level, right? And that, you go ahead, go ahead. Go oh, ahead. I was just gonna say that that makes sense because that's exactly where I got cut off with my knees. Um, mm. Was literally, I think it was, yeah, freshman year um, was when I had my first my first knee surgery. Right. And so that's that's when you make the connection between the physical, like the the fitness part of it and the, and the competition. Exactly. Um, the, and so that makes a lot of sense. But yeah, keep going. Yeah. And the, the, the physical, the competition, but then the mental aspect of it, right? Uh, up until like eighth grade, you're doing it because everybody else is doing it. Yeah. Once you get into high school, high school was like the first chance where somebody gave me the opportunity to do or not to do sports. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And and, and I, I continue to do it just because, you know, my parents wanted me to do it. I wanted to do it, whatever. But in high school... I had the opportunity to do it or not to do it. The kids who didn't do it, who also didn't have hobbies, I slowly started to see them fall off over the course of four years. Yeah. Like fall off grades, fall off of friendships, and they, they, they didn't look good, they didn't feel good, they didn't smell good coming into class. And so it was like there's a discipline of it that I was kind of getting introduced to yeah. that is associated, that's directly tied to like getting into sports and having a regimen. Having something that keeps you on track, right? Yeah. Fitness, football, track, basketball, whatever it was, you had to get up at five thirty in the morning and go work out. Yep. And then you had to go to class, and then you had to go for three hours in the afternoon and go work out. Yeah. And then you had to you had to crunch in, you know, two hours between like seven and nine o'clock your homework, go to sleep, and then get up and go do it again. And if you didn't do that, like if you took too long doing your homework, executing that, if you took too long in your workouts, you had to stay late. It's like, if you execute, then you will be rested enough to come back and do it again. If you don't, then you won't. And you're going to start to fail and you're going to start to struggle. So the discipline, the structure is something that was extremely key, crucial, that sort of came innately yeah. a, a, a little bit just because I was observing so many other people doing it and doing it the right way. But it was something that... Once I got into college, I was like, I got to keep doing it. And if I stopped doing it, and I did stop doing it, and it started to, to you know, dovetail in other aspects of my life, which, which we'll hit on a little bit later. But once I stopped doing it, stuff started to fall apart Yeah. really quickly. Yeah. Right? And so it was never one of those things where I stopped doing it for, for long because I know, I know now the effects of not being able to have that regimen, that discipline. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And that's kind of a – I had those same effects for competition. Mm. Um, being competitive, um, I did. I did all the sports. I was a very shitty basketball player, but I played for a little bit. Yeah. Um, I played baseball, football, 
my dad didn't allow me to play soccer because it's a communist plot to take over the world. So oh we, ne- <laughs> we never got to play soccer. Yeah. Um, but we did a lot of stuff. We did a lot of physical stuff. Boy Scouts. Yeah. Um, a lot of different stuff. I remember you um, telling me a story about your coach bringing you off the bench to come in and play basketball because you were the enforcer, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's literally Pampa, Texas. Pampa, Texas, I got kicked out of the game because I just threw – every sport was football. Yeah. Let me put it this way. Every sport mentally was baseball, yeah. and every sport physically was football. football. <laughs> I looked at football with the mental aspect of baseball, yeah. um, so I was good at it from that got to be aspect. strategic about plugging your yeah. A-gaps and your B-gaps. Yeah. If you're going to pull, you got to pull hard as hell. You know Exactly. Yeah. I like how you just immediately assumed that I was an offensive lineman. Is that because I'm fat? That's because you were telling me, and you've said it like 30,000 times in pocket that you were an offensive lineman. I was bro. a defensive end. Um, defensive end. Lineman of some sort. Lineman of some sort. Anyway... Um, Anyway, you know, like, I always approached it like that, but, so I got the competitive aspect of it, and for yeah. anybody that doesn't know me, I um, I blew my knees out um, in Medford, Oklahoma, on the thickest turf, not even turf, it was the thickest grass field I've ever been on. Um, I got pulled, I was a defensive end, and I was coming around, and I beat the guy off the edge. This was the, this was my first play at a new school, by the way, oh, um, and, and I was just coming into my, into my size, I was just getting good, you know yeah. what I mean, like, yeah. the, this was this was the time where I was going to come and, and hopefully run the field. That may be a little bit of, of optimistic yeah. thinking. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I was going to go to the league if I didn't tear my ACL. Twice. Yeah, literally, literally, yeah. it's kind of <laughs> like that. Um, but I mean, I really was. I, I had I, I would come and we played football at a different level than what these guys in Oklahoma were playing, and yeah. that's not even like that's not even yeah, shade. Texas high school football is Texas high school. Yeah, football. okay, we agree on yeah, this. Yeah. Like we we played at a different level, and I came in and and represented that and literally first play um i got pulled around my back kind of like a horse collar but you can't really horse collar a defensive end right um but he grabbed me behind my back and just yanked me over my knee and that was the first time i've ever uh, dislocated my kneecap um i dislocated it and broke it and if it speaks to any any texas high school football my coach my coach my oklahoma coach is like sit down take it easy my dad's up there walk it up get back in that game you know what i mean like he hasn't seen football in a year and so my dad's you know he's hollering at me and my kneecaps like busted in half you know what i mean like it's it's bad um and so but i always had that competition it never really transitioned into keeping that physical fitness Uh. you know what i mean and that's that's not the family culture in in, you know in my family right um we we all hard work and there's a lot of people that work hard and do some stuff outside but Nobody's going to the gym in my family. I mean, I, I very, very few people. Yeah. Um, my cousins, they do it a little bit, but it was because of high school. Um, we're going to see if they keep up with it after, you know, after high school. Yeah. Um, but they're also younger than me. So, um, has, has, now that you are like in working out, you love it. CrossFit is your gym, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Has, has that helped at all? Has, has you started worked out, working out? And working out consistently manifested itself in other areas of your life. Other areas of my life? Yeah. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. How? Um, so one little phrase, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Um, have you ever heard of that? Who said that? I don't know. There's been a lot of people. Gandhi. Um, somebody like that. Yeah, probably a nun or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, somebody said that. And that's when I go into, when I go into um, the CrossFit gym. Yeah. Um, I am not the most skilled person there. Yeah. You, you can see that. Yeah. I am not the most skilled person there. Yeah. Um, but you will have to work very hard to outwork me. Yeah. Um, when I go into that CrossFit, like I said, I, I want to be the best. Right. And if I am not lifting the most weight, I am working the hardest. Right. Now, there are days that you take light days and you you know, you know go in and you get moving. Right. And just move a little bit. Right. But nine times out of ten, I go in there and I work hard. 
And I heard the phrase, how you do one thing is how you you do do everything. everything. I love that. Um, And I started thinking about how much I want to work hard in the gym and I will, I will not be outworked in the gym. I started thinking about that. And I said, well, if I don't take the trash out with the same vigor and intensity, you know, that I do my CrossFit workouts and not intensity, but with the same deliberation, if I don't take the trash out when it needs to be taken out, I'm not going to work my ass off when I need to work my ass off. Yeah. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Um, and, and that kind of goes back to my, my level of consistency. Yeah. Um, I now put the same effort that I put into the gym into everything else because I don't want my gym life to suffer. Yeah. I don't want my bow hunting life to suffer. Yeah. I don't want my work life to suffer. I want my wallet to keep getting fat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I want those things to happen. And I understand that how you do one thing is how you do everything. Yeah. And that came from being in that CrossFit gym yeah. and saying, hey, look. I will never be outworked. Yeah, I challenge you on that because it seems like you had the correct mentality and approach to life before being, you know, working out consistently, right? You you are always the person that was going to be, you know, the the A type personality in the room. You were having conversations with older people. You were always inquisitive. You were always learning, and then you were always the one that was in control of the process, especially from a project management perspective, because that's how I got introduced to you. Yeah. Uh, about where we were going, the direction we were going, and kind of leading and controlling that conversation right yeah did did, has working out added anything to that from a mental aspect that has helped you execute better absolutely it's humbled me um absolutely it's humbled me yeah Um, because i I would think that you know the the slower you get the the thinner you get or the stronger whatever your goal is with working out the more the cocky i get because i look good now you know what i'm saying i don't look good you look i mean you look good i look better you look good bro I appreciate that. I yeah. look better. Yeah. I don't look good. But 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 like but like my, my my point is that is like how does it seems counterintuitive that becoming physically more capable or physically more or attractive in in whatever whatever right how does that how does that translate to humility? Because there are seventy year old women in there that do it more days out of the week uh, than I do. Being um, around them, yeah. understanding that they work their ass and been doing it for. Three times as long as you have, and, and the fact that I've and had, I'm still going. Yeah, the fact that I've had so much more to learn. Yeah, um, the fact that it was it was a space that I had so much to learn. Yeah, um, that's that's really how it's changed everything else. Is I now approach everything to where I can be the best in the room. Yeah, but I really got to put the work in, and I really got to find out if I am. Right. You know what I mean? Like find um, out if you are. Yeah, find out if I am. Find and, out if you're the person you think you are. And again, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Yeah. That that's really how fitness has, has changed my life. Because like I said, if I'm if I do something, I want to be the best. Right. I want to be the best. Right. Um and fitness was the most humbling thing that I've ever actually tried to do. Yeah. Where I was not the best. Um now I'm not saying that I've I've always been the best. What I'm saying is that I was so close to the bottom in fitness. It didn't occur to me how humbling it was. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I was not the best student. Um, like going into going into, I mean, I was pretty good in high school. Going into college, I was not the best engineering student. Yeah, it, it was it was a long shot, but I was far from the bottom. Yeah, uh, I was far from the bottom, and even if I wasn't the best student, I was I was among the top three thinkers, you know what I mean? Like right, right, right. you go into a, you go into a, a college classroom and I could work through just about any problem that anybody else could. Wasn't a great student. Um, but 
the the physical aspect, the getting into the gym was the very first place that I was just so close to the bottom. Yeah. At, at the bottom. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there was people in wheelchairs that were doing more work than I, like yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. shit you not. <laughs> um, and that's not to say anything bad about people in wheelchairs or women or anything like that. They're in there getting after it. And yeah. I did not deserve to be amongst their ranks when I got in there. Yeah. It was after I put the work in. Now, now they got to watch out for me. Yeah. Now they got to start looking at that clock and looking at where I'm at in my workout. Yeah. And they're going to say, damn. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but that process was so humbling that I took that into every aspect of my life yeah. and said, hey, maybe I am closer to the bottom than what I think I am. Yeah. And how you do one thing is how you do everything. Right. So I'm going to do everything like I'm in the CrossFit gym. Mm. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah. It, and, and that's that's awesome that's awesome because that that humility thing again whether you're entering into a new relationship with a unique person whether you're going into crossfit when you're going into work it's like it's it's so it's so easy and so hard at the same time like so it's easy but counterintuitive to execute humility yeah you know what i'm saying because yeah. it all i want to do when i go into work is prove that I know what I'm talking about. And I've actually had this, I've had conversations around this very recently, and I've actually started, you'll be surprised to know, I'm not in my client boss's good graces right now. And I think what? We, 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 we touched on this a little bit earlier, but it was it, it's like we had some conversations recently where he didn't know what he was talking about, and yeah. he's also a super, a super emotional person, yeah. right? And The worst, the worst it, combination. It, it, I, I mean, it, it, and if... And it's cool to be emotional. Be emotionally attached to the things that, you know, that that influence who you are as a person, right? Yeah. So, like, when you're putting in your work at the gym, when you're going into work, you know, you can do it. You can be up, up upstairs in your head doing it, right? But if you feel like this is making a difference, then you're going to go that much harder, yeah. right? This is one of those guys who works his ass off and has done the work, right, to be a product owner for one of the biggest automotive, be largest uh, automotive uh, company in America yeah. and building out one of the biggest and best products for that. Uh, do we want to pause here or do we want to? Yeah. Anyway, sorry for the uh, interruptions. You're with The Purpose Podcast. Um, Jonah, where were we at? I think we were talking about, you were talking about exercising humility and that you have a client boss that doesn't yeah, do yeah, that yeah, very yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It's, it's not him. It's me. Yeah, I'm I'm the problem. Yeah, right. I, I, I like that. I, I, I and I need to be better about being part of the solution. So so the story that I was telling um, was that client boss is working on. He's a product owner, right? Uh, what that means is that he's in our capacity. He's helped building out this digital product for like the largest automotive uh, company in in North America, right? I think the third largest in the world. We got into it the other day. Yeah. And he was complaining about us acquiring additional resources. Additional resources that we need because we've been short-staffed and overworked over the course of the past, like, two, three months. Yeah. Right? And what I did was I tried to justify to him in a hostile, pseudo-hostile environment that us acquiring... The additional help is a good thing, and it's not going to hurt you. Yeah, which is obvious. But again, he's he's an emotional guy, uh, and he's a, he's a bit of a, a control guy, right? Yeah. 
And one of the worst things to do for a person who is emotional and also a control person is to assume that you have more control than they do. Yeah. You kind of have to backplay it and, and say, hey, here, here are some options on the table. Allow them to choose. And you narrow their field of choice by explaining the goods and bads of each one of those options. Hey, if I humble myself going into this conversation, it sounds more like this. If we don't get additional resources, we continue to slack on the uh, volume of work that we can churn, right? And then we're going to continue to be backed up, right? And even if we do acquire additional resources and we pivot them to another function as opposed to the uh, validation and testing function, right? Then where we would allocate their support it's not big enough for them to to uh, fill up their capacity for work. Yeah. So they're they're going to be left hanging, and we're just going we're going to be paying for a resource that's not actually doing work a hundred percent of the time. They're going to be doing work fifty percent of the time. I'm going to be left struggling, uh, testing, validating, supporting, owning, and delivering this product, your product, by myself, and continuing to uh, because we don't have the bandwidth, continuing to to fail in that ultimately. Yeah. Right? And so here's what we can do. I can be here or I can be here and I can train somebody else to be here with me. And then here's the effect of that, right? If I, if I humble myself going into that conversation as opposed to saying to him, you're wrong. Yeah. We need this. It's obvious that we need this and you're doing too much right now. Then we get somewhere. Right. Have you uh, have you ever read Leadership Strategies and Tactics by oh my Jocko Willing? Keep plugging this freaking book. I'll read it. Okay. Well, uh, you do it already pretty well. That's that's funny that you mentioned that. Yeah. Um, and do, I, do I what well? I don't know how we got there, but uh, so you humbling yourself um, in the face of that argument. You you picked up on that without reading the book. That's like ninety percent of the book. That that uh, I should have humbled myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah that you yeah, should have humbled yeah, yourself yeah, in that yeah. in that uh, in that interaction. Um, there's something called, and this gets into a little bit of leadership, and and how do you? We want let's 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 get back on track. The what is your purpose? Um, for some people, their purpose is to be a leader, and right. I think that's kind of where we are in the conversation right now. Is right. how do you how do you lead that situation? How do you be a leader in, in your work uh, in your work environment? Right. And Jocko goes very very hard on the idea that you should ultimately enter the conversation with humility right. and and be the humble guy in that conversation and look for a solution. You were on a team. Yeah. You're on a team with this person. Yeah. And in order for you, winning does not mean that you were right. Winning means that the team wins. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Absolutely. that's, that's what winning means. And you're here for the team to win. Yeah. Once you develop that mentality, it is very easy to go in there and say, Hey boss, man, Hey boss, man, man, I, you know, I just really want to get your info on this. Like, yeah, you know, maybe we don't need to have, add additional resources let me, you know, what do you think about this? And he's going to say something. Yeah. And you're going to ask an earnest question. Yeah. You're going to say, well, what about this? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, are, are you happy with this? Are you happy with this? Like, what are we going to do when this happens? Right. And you make him answer those questions. And eventually you get to what Jocko would call the minimally acceptable solution. So you may have a solution in your mind. And that's going to be to hire more people and to get this guy, you know, yeah. more work. And for whatever reason, he's he's objecting to that. Yeah. That's a 100% solution in your mind. Yeah. Um. If you can go in there and you can humble yourself and you can allow them to create an 80% solution yeah. and passing is 75%, yeah. if they create an 80% solution, yeah. the value that you're going to have by building that relationship and executing that 80% solution is going to way outweigh that extra 20% Absolutely. 
for your solution. Absolutely. Um, and the team is going to win that way. Yeah. Um, and Jocko notes that very, very well. And you, you kind of picked up that on your, you know, by yeah, yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And you asked earlier what caused me to change. Um, what really caused me to, to look, to head, to go head first into some of these changes and, and change my mentalities was that I was already starting to see some of the answers. And then I just got it presented in, in book form or in podcast form. Yeah. Um, and you're kind of there with, with Jocko of, Hey, I've got to humble myself. It would have helped me so much at Pantex. It would have helped me so much at Pantex. Yeah. Um, because there were a lot of situations where I had a 100% solution. Yeah. That that's fact. Yeah. You know what I mean? I had a 100% solution. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that we're winning. No. That doesn't mean that I'm right. right. I'm right. not right, right because we're not right. winning. Right. Right. You, you know having mean? an, uh, a 100% solution doesn't mean that they're, they're actually going to use that. Well, it doesn't mean it's, and, it's and not you, even that. And you can you well you can't get them to buy in to yeah. your solution if you don't approach them with some air of humility. And it's it's the easiest. It's it seems so simple. Yeah. It's like just ask the question that you may have an answer to. Yeah. And then be ready to receive and field what because they, they might have a better answer, right? Exactly. Nine times out of ten, uh, probably not. But just presenting it in question format, ask the question as opposed to give the answer, is such a easy tactical solution to getting and building a unlikely relationship or being a good leader or being a good man, right? And then driving driving home that that purpose, right? Yeah. It's 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 so tactical, it's so easy to do and yet it's like my pride in that moment and maybe you've had this experience too. It's like my pride in that moment. I was just like, bro, bro, how short-sighted can you be? Yeah. And I'm the one that's being short-sighted. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and and it it you should it is a fact that they're being short-sighted too. Yeah, like yeah, like it, yeah, it is yeah, a fact. Yeah, yeah. But you're better than that. Just just like Pops or Alshur, simple. Just like yeah. just like my dad saying, you could be the best in the room. Yeah. If you put the work in. Yeah. You could be the best in the room. You're better than that. Yeah. You don't you don't get to be short-sighted because you're better than that. Um, and Precisely. you're you're the leader in this room. Precisely. Whether whether you're the authority in the room, you may not be the authority in the room. No. But you're the leader in the room. Yeah. Um, and that's why you need to take those steps to humble yourself and to to find this winning solution. I can think of so many times at Pantex, and it's it's easy to go the other way. I want you to think about you. I want you to think about this Bro, hypothetical situation yeah, that's not yeah, real. Yeah. You're a 21 year old kid. Yeah. Okay. You've had a, a pretty high level job making decisions for about three years now. Yeah. 21 year old kid. You walk into a, a, a corporate America. Yeah. Where, with a bunch of 50 year old people. Yeah. You're making more money than any of them would think that you that you ought to make. Yeah. Um. You do know things. You've been proven right on things before. Right. Um. And you have solutions, and you want to help the team win. Right. You know, you have something to prove. Right. It is so easy to default to that, I'm right, you're wrong, I'm going to show you that I'm right. Right. It is so easy to default that. Yeah. What's really hard is yeah. stuffing that ego down. Yeah. And saying, hey, you know, um, Mr. Project Manager that I won't name. Yeah. You, you know a lot more about this than I do. Yeah. Um, and he probably does. He might. He might actually know more. That's where the humility comes in. Yeah. You have to accept that he might know more than you do. Yeah. You Your solution may be better, but he might know more about the topic than you do. You say, hey, Mr. Project Manager, you know more about this than I do. Is there any way that you can help me find this solution? And you walk them into an, a, the minimally acceptable solution. Yeah. Oh, this BCP, you know, and, and the best case scenario is that your solution is one simple answer away from being the minimally acceptable solution. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Like they're, they're one little bit of input. If you ask one question yeah. and they answer it and it immediately clicks and that solution works, yeah. best thing ever because they think that they just – they think that they just saved your life, saved your day. Right. It's still 98% your solution. Right. That 2% that they added because you were actually willing to learn right. caused the team to win. Right. I mean, I can't think of it. It would have been wonderful if some of my BCPs where it's like a BCP is a, a change that we have to do. It's a really complicated process. Um, but it would be just wonderful if some of these, uh, you know, if I had a solution and I walk in and I go, what do I do with that, this activity? Yeah. And I'm actually asking and Mr. PM goes, we'll just delete it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm like, why didn't I think of that? This is the minimally acceptable solution. Now, it's never going to be that easy, yeah. but it could every time. Every yeah. single time that you have to do this, it could be that easy. Absolutely. And that's why you must do it every time. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I, I think that... Um, the humility play is the right play. Yeah, the humility play is the right play. That's the right play all day. That's the right play all, all day, all, all night long. Yeah. Right? And it, it And just... Going back to my purpose, right? In order for me to uh, to be a good man, I can't be an arrogant man. I've got to be a humble man. You got to be a confident man. Got to be a confident man. And com- confidence and humility are yin and yang, the two sides of the same coin. They are not contrary to to one another. Exactly. Right. And learning that, accepting that, and then understanding tactically how to put that out into the world. Ask the question. Don't give the answer. Right, that kind of thing. Yeah, is 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 uh, it, it makes a world of difference. Yeah. So the you know the fact that you said that confidence and humility they're not antithetical. Or yeah. I don't even know if that's a word antithetical. Maybe it might be. Um, I know what you mean. Yeah. They're 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 was it antithetical? I don't know. Anyway, they're they're they, not opposites. Yeah, they're not opposites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can chew um, on that. <laughs> humility, humility, and confidence are not opposites. And is that not perfectly? perfectly demonstrated yeah. by when men will okay i'm not gonna make it too weird they say i have really small muscles and you're looking at them and they got they got some big muscles yeah, 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 yeah. you know what i mean like have you ever you've heard men do that like oh yeah my car is a piece of shit yeah and it's actually not a bad car yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what i mean like the most confident guys are the ones that can shove their ego down yeah. for the sake of laughs for the sake of for the sake of letting the team win yeah you know what i mean like my my t-shirt idea may not be the best t-shirt idea yeah you know what i mean but because i'm confident in my design capabilities and what i like and this and that yeah i can shove my ego down and let somebody else have that those are the most confident people bring bring other people on board yeah being being humble invites people to your table exactly being an asshole shoves them out the door like they're gone they're running away you know what i'm saying Invite people to your table. So I want to, I want to explore the other side of this, um, and maybe those people that are so. What do you have to say to people that get scared away or are immediately turned off by other confident people? How do we approach that? Because I think you and I may both have a little bit of that issue yeah. of where we walk into Pantex. And there's people that I, I can think of one that I don't really want to, I don't want to say her name. Okay. Um, it matriarch. You, you'll yeah, get yeah, it from that. Yeah. Um, she, she was the matriarch of that. And she is so turned off by any sort of confidence that she closed off and she couldn't have any, any good relationships with people because she was immediately turned off by any sort of type A personality. Yeah. If you're a type B personality, what do you do and how do you, how do you be better and how do you foster better relationships with maybe some type A people? Is it is it the same thing? Is it you 
you put your humility down or is it, do you need to be more confident in yourself so that you can make those relationships? How do we do that? Because that's, it's, it's a problem. You know what I mean? And I see it in a lot of people of where the moment anybody exudes any sort of confidence or whatever, they, they, they retract and, and you get called arrogant. Right. You know what I mean? Like I have been an arrogant person. Yeah. Like I know I can be arrogant. Yeah. Um, I am maybe 50% as arrogant as what a lot of people think I am. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's just, a fa- I, I don't know. It sounds very humble, me sitting here talking about how humble I am. Yeah, yeah like I get it. I get the irony. Yeah. But in all honesty, there was a lot of issues at Pantex where I would literally just be doing my job. Yeah. But because I was confident in doing that and because of my age, yeah. you, people would tell you this. Yeah. That because of my age and because I was any sort of confident about what I knew I was doing, yeah. um, they would immediately turn off they, to that. They, they wrote you off. Yeah. They wrote they, they wrote you off before they understood who you are and what you brought to yeah. the table and it was because you challenged their authority. Yeah. Right? And 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 it's it's not like you challenged their authority in a way that was ill intended. Right. It's just that they couldn't handle it. And it's it's not that they're wrong either, people. Uh, people listening. Yeah. I'm not saying that I'm not an arrogant person. I can be arrogant. Yeah. Um, but there are a certain and everybody knows one of them that everybody that they meet that exudes any sort of confidence, they're immediately turned off by it. And I think a lot of that is some of their own insecurities. Um, You know, maybe she's been working there for 40 years and she still doesn't have things quite figured out. And some young buck, even you or I, you know, you or I, we come in there and we figure it out almost immediately. Right. Um, And it it, it hurts. What what do we have to say to those people that... um, which they're probably not going to want to listen to this podcast anyway and, and, <laughs> and be better. But like, what, how do you, how do you handle that? For the, for the that? one that does. Yeah, yeah. For the one that does. How, how do you handle that? If you are that kind of person, we're not those type of people. So I don't know if we can give them a solid answer. Yeah. But, so, and it's going to be hard to, I think, um, for the matriarch, we'll call her. Yeah. Love her to death. Oh, I, I love her so much. Yeah. I don't think y'all understand how much we love her. Yeah. She does not like me. She's, <laughs> she, not, she's not a family, fan of me. I love her. I love her to death. She's great. And, and here's the thing that, that kind of helped me out. And this is another one of those unlikely relationships that just becomes one of the best relationships that you can eventually end up having. And this might be a, a chapter in your chapter book that you write at the end of all this is make friends with the moms. Yeah, right? make <laughs> friends with the moms. She, so, and it's here's what I did as a Type A person, and here's what I saw her do as a person who was able to receive me. Right. Yeah. So, the first time, and it's it's weird because we're talking. To, it, the context for this is we're working in the COVID era. Right. Right. And so. We had this hybrid schedule. It really was a work-from-home schedule, um, and we were not mandated to go to office, but every once in a while we would outside of our training. Right? Yeah, I went very little. Yeah. <laughs> I went very I, I, little. I went, I went a couple more times than you, which, which was, to her, I think, for somebody who was you know stuck to the old ways, was in the office every day, and it, you know she loved that, and she loved people who did that. Yeah, I, I can I can remember one or two times going there just because I had something to discuss with her, and then going that extra mile right to 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 meet her where she was yeah. was one of the things that kind of helped foster that relationship. But so from a, and and we'll we'll hit on that. Uh, so we'll put a pin in that one for a second. But I'll lose my train of thought if we don't. Um, the first time that uh, she and I had a conversation. Um, 
like a real conversation was a one-on-one conversation, right? I met her in her cubicle, knocked on the, the side of the cubicle door. It's wide open for me to walk in. She's got a chair there, right, which indicated to me that, you know, oftentimes she's got people that come up to her that she will sit down and talk to. And because she is the matriarch, she's always willing to foster some type of relationship with somebody, especially right. a new a new person, right? And she did a great job of this as well, which was all of the new kids, whether they be 20 22 23 first job type yeah. or 30 or 40 she would she would make it a point to reach out and foster a relationship with them because she was the matriarch right yeah but <clears throat> that was interesting that she did that because she was a little bit more reserved she was a little bit more type b right so there's her going out of her way right and for type b people uh, what I've learned is is that when they have to go out of their way that drains their battery for type a people they don't look at it as going out of their way. They look at it as being introduced or introducing themselves to somebody new, right? Yeah. Let me give you more of me if you're type A, which is, and if you're type B, it's like, uh, I'm going to give you me, but I know that I'm losing myself in that process. Right? Yeah, that makes sense. So when I go and meet her in our one-on-one conversation, right? One-on-one conversation that I, that I initiated, right? I immediately started uh, asking her questions, Hey, I've got a, I've got a few things that I don't know about from a process perspective. Can you help me? She's more than willing to do that. But then right before she goes to answer, I stopped her. I said, real quick, um, where do I put my lunch? <laughs> I, I knew where to put my lunch. I passed the kitchen on the way in. She's a matriarch. She's a mother. Yeah. She wants to take care of me. Yeah. I'm gonna feed her, and this is this is this is this is not manipulation that we're, we're talking about here, but this is called influence, right? Is yeah. making sure that people do the things that make them feel fulfilled. Yeah. Right. When I sit down in her chair, when I humble myself in front of her, when I allow her to to feed into me based off of my genuine curiosity, right? Those are all things that she latched onto for the remainder of my time at Pantex that helped foster our relationship. And she loved to do it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And she loved to continue to do that. So from my perspective, it was find out the things that she'd like to do. Yeah. Have a need for her to fill in that regard and then make it easy as possible for her to do that. Yeah. Right. Meet her where she's at. Ask her the question and then me be the runner. Right. So I like that you turned it on its head. I asked, "How can we help? How can we help uh, Type B people be more complimentary to Type A's?" Right. And you turned that into saying, "Hey, Type A, humble it's, yourself and go." Right. I, I like that because I I needed that answer. And and, and then so and, so that that's the first part. The second part of it is, okay, if I'm a Type B person, right? Here's what I saw her doing: is she was able to reach out and establish a presence. Right. And yeah. establish a way of doing things with type A people. Right. Yeah. She set up her boundaries immediately when we got there. Right. Yeah. But she was also willing to help. Right. And then she knew when I was coming to her a little bit too much. She knew when to say, hey, I need my time. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you're always coming to me to ask for questions, and I love that you're asking me these questions. But I've got work to execute as well. And to be honest with you, I'm being a little burnt out. Yeah. Right. And so her honesty with me, right? Her being honest to me, giving me parameters and setting those boundaries, was very easy for me to take a step back and say, "Hey, 
And you're absolutely right. Let yeah. me be aware of that. Let me respect that, right? So for a type B people, it's kind of, it's not rock and hard place, but type A people run into this, uh, this sin of being too much or being overbearing. Yeah. If you set a hard boundary, something that, something that we can hold on to and, and respect, we'll do that. You know, I did that. Yeah, right? And I did that for her because of who she was and how she interacted with me. She set up those boundaries. We were able to foster a good relationship. And she gave where she could give, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think those are things that I observed from her perspective that she was able to do and did extremely well. And it helped me out. And I think I helped her out. And we still have a good relationship. Yeah, that's fair. And I, I think she didn't like me a lot of – I think it was uh, – a lot of a lot of my fault. Um, maybe the reasons that she didn't like me. Maybe I didn't immediately read that situation. She was the first person I ever met when I was there, yeah. and I met her alone. Um, which knowing that person was, probably, <laughs> you know, like yeah, yeah. me, yeah, meeting her alone, and then never having like talked to her again other than Skype. Yeah, um, that was probably not the not the best for me to be able to foster a relationship there yeah, yeah. Um, because we ended up having lunch alone and it was her asking me questions and I'm sure I didn't answer them in the most humble of ways yeah. um, but no so we we've, we've gone over if you're super confident how do you get that humility in check how do you make friends with those people um, that, that may not be as confident as you how do you how do you build good relationships when you are kind of a type A um, I, I do want to hit on let me rephrase this what those people that lack the confidence, um, what can we tell them? So, like, let, let me set up the, the scene for a second. Um, we all know those people that video themselves working out and put it on Instagram. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, we all know the people that don't like that. Like, I've got multiple people on Twitter like, oh, I would never, never video. Like, that's so, you know, yeah. that's so arrogant. That's yeah. so, you know, yeah. Yeah. this and that, that, you know, they would never do that. Yeah. Um, I think there's a, a vast amount of people out there that lack confidence and they see because they lack the confidence to do some of those things, they see grade A just genuine confidence as arrogance. Yeah. Do, do you think that that's true? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I would say I, I think so. Like I'm a person that wouldn't post a workout video and I'm a type A person. I don't think that people who type up to post workout videos are assholes, though. Yeah, like, well, it's not it's not one size fits all, but that's just a demonstration. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it was literally a tweet that I fielded the other day. I, I read and I actually replied to it yeah. of a guy. He said, now I'm an air. I, I believe the exact words were, now I'm an asshole sometimes, but one thing I'll never do is post a video of myself working out. Yeah. And all yeah. I said is, you know, I, I just said, man, you, you don't know what that video might mean to somebody. Right, right. You know what right, I mean? Right, um, and right. this is coming from somebody who just posted his very first workout video on Instagram right. stories. Right. Um, I'm that guy now. And it's because it means so much to me to be able to do that. Right. I worked my ass off to be there. Right. Um, and so I do think that there is a portion of the population that because they don't have the confidence in themselves, uh-huh. the moment they run up on confidence, the moment that they, they hit confidence, they reject it and they shun it as douchebaggery or, you know, it's the same reason that CrossFit is such a meme. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I think it is. It's, yeah. it's a lot of people that aren't confident in their ability to do those things, yeah. and so they write it off as dumb and, and ignorant, and they and they don't. Ha- I guess what what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say, have confidence in yourself 
in order to have that grace and patience that we talked about in, in the first place, um, be confident in yourself and open yourself up to other people um, right. that might be, you know, confident or that type eight. Yeah. Um, is, is any of that making sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the formula is still the same, whether you're a type A person or a type B person. And I know we've, yeah. we've talked about this with regards to building relationships with like unlikely people. But if you are going to, if even if you just approach a person, right, the first time, respect them. Yeah. Then listen. Then uh, make good on the nuggets of information that you can receive and then give. And then you don't have to do the fifth step, which is follow up. But at least you did those first four things, right? Yeah. If you do those as a type B person, as a type A person, as a type Z person, doesn't matter, right? Then you are at least one of those people who are who can be seen as purpose-driven, a good person, a leader in whatever respect you want to be, a follower if that's your thing. Like, it doesn't take much to be a good person, but you've got to start with those things. If you do those things well, regardless, then you will be received well. That's that's a that's a great answer. I think that's what I was looking for. Yeah, is is the validation that our our formula um, applies to all all types of people? Absolutely. Because that that was the one that was the one area I was seeing is like we were we were hammering on those people that have extra confidence like we do. Yeah. Um, yeah. That that formula works if you don't have a lot of confidence. And haters gonna hate. Haters are gonna haters hate. Haters gonna hate, and we love them. We yeah. love them with all yeah. of our heart because that, you know, I, I get, you get a chance, we get a chance every once in a while to prove them wrong. Yeah. Right. And that, and that sets up just more hurdles to overcome, more barriers to run over. Right. Yeah. Whatever. But like if you, if your intent is to truly be a good person in whatever respect that is or whatever that means to you or, or live a life unencumbered by like malice or badness or yeah. whatever. Right. I don't know the, the right way to say it, but it's, it's super simple. Just be respectful. Listen, feel, feel those things that would fulfill you. Give back what you can. And then from there on, make a decision whether or not to follow up or not. But at least you've got a genuine interaction that is good, that is wholesome, that will help make you better and then hopefully make them better. I like that. I like yeah. that. One of the few things, um, moving on a little bit, another thing that I want to hit from you that I've greatly changed in my life. Um, let's talk about PMA. Do you know what PMA is? Positive mental attitude. Okay. Um, let's talk about PMA because I felt like that was one of the things that, so what happened was, and this, this happens with me in CrossFit is I recognize that you were better at something than me. And I couldn't have that. Okay. I, I can't have that. Yeah. I, I need to be the best. You know what I mean? We're competitive. Yeah. Um, I'm competitive. Yeah. I recognize that you were better at something than me. And that thing yeah. was getting people to like you and foster relationships. Yeah. And I was about to cover the mic and, and, and say this to you, but I, I won't cover the mic. You will never be better than me. Oh, I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. But that's why we're going to grow together. Yeah, but yeah. Um, but uh, where was I? Oh, one thing that I really identified that yeah. you did better than me was the positive mental attitude. Okay. Um, nobody wants to sit around with the dude that is bitching all the time. Okay. And it doesn't matter if he's right. Mm. Okay. So yeah. there are two gradations to the bitching guy. Yeah. Yeah. There's the, there's the guy that bitches and he's wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's the guy that goes to work and he's like, this place hates us and yeah. you know, the, the benefits are ass and this and that. Yeah. And he's wrong. And yeah. that guy is just almost terribly insufferable to listen to. Yeah. I mean, you just never want to be friends with him because he's wrong and he's bitching about it. Right. Then there was the guy that was me. Yeah. Where I could have been wrong 
probably more than I wanted to admit. Yeah. But there were a lot of things that I bitched about that I was correct on. Yeah. Um, when you have validations. Yeah. When you have a valid reason to bitch. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is the worst. Yeah. Um, it, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it, it was rough. You know what I mean? Because I had some valid reasons to be upset. Right. I mean, to, to deny that would be ignorant. You know yeah. what I mean? And, but the positive mental attitude was, was so different with you. And I saw people latch onto that so well. How did you develop that? How do you maintain that? And then I can get into a little bit of, of my experience. But um, where did you get that? And how do, you, how do you keep that? And what benefits have you seen from that? Yeah, so... It was bestowed upon me by my parents, right? I, I give right. them all the credit in the world for this. My mom's an extremely stubborn person, but she's an extreme. She's a godsend of a woman, right? She is the first person and the last person that everybody at every family reunion, at every friend outing. Uh, I remember this one time where we went. I was, I think, I was like eight years old, ten years old. We. This is like the one family, the one family vacation that we went on like kinder through like uh, uh, college. It was uh, fifth grade. We went to Hawaii and we went to the this island of Oahu. And I know this is, this is sounding real bougie and kind of cringy, but uh, there's, a, there's, 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 there's a point to this. Yeah, Houston Democrat yeah, going right. to Hawaii. Oh my goodness, this guy. Anyway. Anyways, so we go um, to this... Uh, uh, <laughs> Cruise. To this, uh, be quiet, bro. This is not a political podcast. Uh, we, go, we go to this... Uh, 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 what do you call it? Um, Food truck. Yeah. It was this Hawaiian food truck. And it's a Hawaiian food truck on the backside of the island near Turtle Bay. Okay. Right? My mom goes up to this guy in a food truck, orders a whole bunch of food for the family. It was uh, uh, coconut chicken, pineapples, um, a little bit of curry and some, and some white rice. It was freaking delicious. Don't make a joke. I see it. I see it's coming. Um, and... After she comes and places that over on the counter to us, she goes and has a conversation with this guy for like 20 minutes. Yeah. He then comes out of his, uh, of serving a line of like uh, 10, 15 people. And he says, I got to go finish having this conversation with this woman, right? <laughs> he comes and sits down with us. He brings a couple of his family members over. And then for like the next hour, we just had a conversation. I think four years later, my parents went back he ended up uh, making enough money from his food truck to have his own restaurant. My parents went back, and then for like two days, they just went back to this restaurant and had this conversation, right? Yeah. My point is, is that she is just such a graceful woman. She always has, she always allows people their space, but then she can like have a conversation with literally anyone. Yeah. And just passive observance of that over the years kind of helped me out, right? Yeah. She, th here's some things that she does tactically, right? She introduces herself. Yeah. She looks them in the eye when she introduces herself. She picks something out that very few people would notice, whether it's an article of clothing, whether it's something that's going on in the background, or whether it's the angst on somebody's face. In this case, that guy had been there serving since like uh, uh, 4 a.m. in the morning because the island wakes up early. Yeah. Right? And it was about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And he had been one of like five people on staff at that point in time. Yeah. Right? And so she met him where he, where he was at. You look like you're having a rough day. You're working your butt off, but this food tastes amazing. Yeah. And then he just goes, you have no idea. She goes, tell me about it. Yeah. I guarantee you I have no idea. And I would love to know. Right? So <clears throat> do that a little bit. 
And then over the course of, of, of you know, me growing up, it's like just practice that. And I didn't practice that intentionally. It was just I, every once in a while, you know, I had some boys that were, were struggling or whatever, meet them where they're at, see where they're going, see if I can help out a little bit. If not, I'm going to find somebody that can help out a little bit. If I can't do that, I'm going to come back in and check them more if it's something that they got to do on their own. Yeah. Right? How, how do you... So I understand that from a, an interaction standpoint in your own head. Yeah. How do you maintain that PMA? How do you maintain the, so when you're, when you're headed to work yeah. and you, your favorite shirt isn't clean or the pants you thought you were going to wear that day, they're not, they're not doing it. And you yeah. know, you're, you're having a bad morning. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? Like you, you, Something went off. You're having a bad morning. Yeah. How do you maintain that PMA yeah. and make sure that it exudes to other people? Yeah. I understand the tactics of, of dealing with negative people. Yeah. How do you how do you maintain that 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 PMA and keep it going? It's a it's a it's a choice sometimes, and it's got to be a conscious choice and a conscious effort sometimes. Like I've been been Agreed. slammed at work recently over the past couple of weeks. I had one of my buddies come up to me. He noticed that I was kind of towards the back on my phone a little bit, not being conversational with the group, he comes up to me and he's like, bro, you good? And I immediately was like, as I'm moving my head up from my phone to respond to him, I'm like, positive, like, you're not good, but things will be good. Don't let him know that you're down, right? Yeah. Because the last thing that I want to do is kind of like be a burden. And it's not that I'm pushing my problems down and I, I like I have a problem talking about it or whatever. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. But it's like I've identified a way to get through it. This guy is genuinely reaching out to help me. And if I did have something to bring to him that he could help me with, I would do it. Uh, and I would co- have a conversation with him about it. Yeah. But this is something that I can work through on my own. So one, identify whether or not you need help or this is a self-help item, yeah. right? And then two, understand that problems are finite. Right. Some are, the, the duration period for those, some last longer than others. Problems are finite, right? And that's more, it's a belief that I have, right? It's been proven true thus far in life and sometimes I've been tested uh, uh, in that belief, in that in that truth or whatever, but uh, they're going to end, right? Yeah. And I d- just latch on to that. That's my anchor for it, right? That makes sense. And then just act on that. It's like, as, as I'm looking up, I'm like, yeah, bro, everything's good. I promise you, I'm, I'm, I'm tripping right now, to be honest with you. Yeah. But life is good. Yeah. Life is good, and if it's not good right now, it's going to be. He's like, all right, bro, come to me if you need anything. You know I'm here for you, and... and He's my dog, you know yeah. what I'm saying, and, and and I know that I can go to him for anything. So it also helps to have people that are in your corner, um, but you got to make those people sometimes, right? By by executing the game plan that we kind of laid out today. Um, but problems are finite. Um, you know, I've got a lot of positive influences around me, and then I've got some people in my corner that I can hold on to. And if I didn't have any of those things, I know that I make the situation worse if it's an NMA, negative mental attitude. Yeah. Um, no, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think from my perspective, I, I have completely, completely changed. And some of the people that are closer to me, they may not, they may not have felt the effects of my changes yet. I still can be pretty negative in my own circles and you, you see some of that, you know, when we're catching up, I can still be, you know, Mrs. Uh, the, the, you know, the one that we didn't mention earlier, you know what I mean? Um, I can still be kind of negative in those, in those ways. It's not always... 
it's not always a downside because I am the typically I am the first one in the room to see problems. Mm. Um, you don't always have to act on them, and you don't always have to let everybody know that they're there. Right. Um, so it's it's not a bad thing if you have this issue where you're consistently kind of negative. Yeah. And um, people tell you that occasionally. Yeah. It's not always a bad thing because you can see problems typically faster than other people will. Yeah. And you know that about me. If you come to me, you know, with a project or something like that. Yeah. Um, I may not even be that experienced in it, but I will typically see a few logical flaws before anybody else in the room will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I got to give you your flowers, bro. It's like. You, you have a next level mental capacity for doing some things like your concept skills, yeah. crazy, yeah. right? And then your observation skills, crazy, right? And those are like two things that I'm jealous of to this day, yeah. right? And so it's got to be difficult if you are observing a bunch of problems in the, in the room and like in your head about trying to figure out solutions or, or owners to those solutions and then bringing those to people. It's hard to stay positive. It, it sometimes is, and that sounds kind of like a, like a like a first world like. It, it's it's harder to stay positive because you want the help. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm I'm not some genius that just sees problems all the time. It's like it's not like I'm burdened by my gifts. Right, right, you know what I mean? I'm not you know, burdened totally, by my totally gifts. Stark, you know, he's, yeah, he's I'm burdened not, with intelligence. Yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm no Tony Stark. I appreciate your kind words, but and and they're true to a point yeah. of that I am very observant. I yeah. will notice problems a lot quicker than other people. Yeah. Um but the key is what what is going to help the team win? What is going to help you build relationships? And negativity is not it. Positive solutions are what's going to be it. It starts with a positive mental attitude. Is yes. It, 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 it starts with a positive mental attitude. And how do you maintain that? And this is this is coming from a, a teamwork standpoint and right. just a life standpoint. Right. For me, it comes back to confidence. Yeah. Um, you know, for example, how do I... When I have bad things... That, used to when I had something bad that happened in my day, yeah. it ruined the whole day. Yeah. And I don't remember... I'm terrible at remembering who gives quotes. It, some, one of the people that I podcast, that I listen to their podcast said this the other day that you don't have bad days. You have good days with bad moments. Mm. Um, and that changed a lot for me um, where I would go through and my day would not just get ruined because it was still a good day with, with uh, yeah. you know, with a bad moment. Yeah. Um, and the other thing was understanding, you know, be grateful for what you've got. Um, and I think have, have the confidence that you're going to be okay. For me, that's what saves me. So I'll tell a little, a little story um, from a couple months ago, um, I, I don't want to get political. It's, it's sad that it's even a political issue, but COVID, um, I changed jobs because of some COVID requirements. You know what I'm talking about. Right. Um, I got to the new job. They told me that the COVID requirements weren't going to be a problem. Right. Um, and then I want to say about February, I was in the middle of 75 hard and I got a lot of confidence from 75 hard. Yeah. And I'll expand on that a little bit on how that changed my, my PMA that changed me into a positive person. Right. Um, but we were, I was in the middle of 75 hard. It was like February or March, and they came down with some new COVID requirements. God, I couldn't believe it. It was in 2022. We were so done. Yeah. So done. And Pantex had finally, finally updated their COVID policy yeah. to like 2021 levels when nobody was getting vaccinated. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it was just ridiculous. And there was, I thought there was a chance that I was going to lose my job. Um, I thought for a second that I could lose my job there. And what kept me positive, I was scared. I was scared. Yeah, you, you see my house? Yeah. I mean, you're looking at it right now. We're in it. Yeah. You see my house? Yeah. Um, you met my wife. I got to provide. Yeah. I got to put up money. You yeah. know what I mean? I was scared, 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 scared. Yeah. But what kept me 
positive was I said, look, I'm confident enough in my abilities that no matter what, I will come out on top. You said something, this was, this was recently since my positive mental attitude change. You said you take no L's. Um, it was, yeah. it was after I got in trouble at work, which we're not going to go into. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I'd gotten in trouble at work and you said something, you said, so, you, I think your exact words were what I love and hate about you is that you take no L's. Yeah. yeah um, yeah. and that's, that's crucial to maintaining a positive mental attitude. You can understand that you were wrong. Being wrong is not an L it's a W because you can grow. You're right. Being fired is not an L it's a W because you get to move on and you get to learn from that experience. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that really, really changed my mental attitude yeah. of, hey, I take no L's because I'm going to be the best one day. Right. And, and I will not let myself ultimately fail. Right. I will not let myself not provide for my wife. Right. We will have some hard times, yeah. but I will come out on top. Yeah. Um, having that confidence in yourself is crucial to having a positive mental attitude. Yeah. Um, and the anchor point for that confidence, I think you touched on it a little bit, was, was belief. Right. Yeah. The the thing about um, good days with bad moments. The thing about pro- the, what I say was problems are finite. Right. Yeah. Is that the belief that they're going to end? Yeah. Knowing that they're going to end. Right. And then having that be an anchor point for your uh, mental path forward. Right. For your confidence in, in being able to take a wrong or take a supposed uh, a setback, such as a, uh, losing a job or whatever, and being able to say. Don't need that anymore. I'm going to have a new job. It's going to be a better job. And, and, and it's, how do I, how do I put this? Um, when you place the, I, I'm probably not going to use this word well, but when, when you play, place the onus on yourself to have a good day yeah. and you understand that it's your responsibility to have a good day, yeah. that is so much more free. That's interesting because, um, because you, 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 do you think about that? Do you own Having a good day? Absolutely. Do you, say, do you say, I have to have a good day today? Absolutely. If I don't have a good day, That's I'm going to come home. My wife's going to be cranky. I'm going to be cranky. I'm not yeah. going to get a good workout yeah. in. Um, I have to have a good day. I control my circumstances. You know, I talk with people all the time, and this was in a Jordan Peterson book. I couldn't tell you the chapter. I couldn't tell you the exact quote. I'm a concepts guy, not a quote guy. Yeah. But he was talking, he's a psychologist, and he was talking about a woman who had been, um, it's, it's uncomfortable, but she had been date raped multiple times. Yeah. And it was so astonishing that he would actually go into the area of, hey, what did you do to make this happen? Oh, Lord. You know, like, what, what could you have changed for this to not happen? Yeah. And, and go read the book, please. I'm probably not doing it justice. But what came out of it was so powerful. And she said, look, I have been freed by you telling me that this possibly could have been my fault because that means that I can change it. I can change what has happened to me, and I can change what I do going forward. Your bad day does not define you because you can change it. Mm. When you look at it in those circumstances, that is freeing. Mm. When you say that, hey, look, my boss is a dick. You know what I mean? My wife is unhappy. Yeah. You know what I mean? My car is not working. My house is not doing well. Whatever it is. Yeah. When you're having a bad day, if you accept that responsibility for you are in control of how your life goes, how your day goes, yeah. that is the most freeing and, and it, it's, it gives me so much comfort and it allows me to maintain that positive mental attitude yeah. because I am in control. Yeah. Nobody else is in control. Yeah. All I, I am the reason that I got here yeah. and I am the reason that I will go forward. Yeah. That's, that, that, that's, that's interesting. I think I don't, I don't do that. So I, and and this is probably a place or like a place of improvement for me, is I don't even think about controlling my attitude 
to have a good day. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And that's that you're, you're right in the in the in the place that like when like as soon as you open your eyes, right? You can think to do that. Yes. And just simply thinking to do that has set yourself up. You've teed it up for yourself. Yes. You're tossing yourself a, a easy alley oop for having a good day. Yes. That's interesting. That 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 completely changed my life. And that came from that came from the seventy five hard of Andy Frazella very very rudely with a lot of explicatives telling me that I am in control of my life. Yeah. That if if I'm fat it's because I'm a piece of shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that those are the little words he used. I'm not that hard on everybody, whatever. Yeah. But by thrusting that personal responsibility on me, yeah. I, it can apply to literally everything. If you're having a bad day, yeah. there may be some things that that somebody else did to cause the circumstances that you're in. You do not have to be in a bad mood about it. Yeah. You have control over your mood. And if that is not the most freeing thing that I've ever heard or that I ever read at that time, right. I don't know what is. Yeah. What could what could make you any more free than understanding that you have control over your mood and your attitude? Yeah. If you have nothing, you have control over your attitude. Yeah. Um, another Jordan Peterson thing was like, uh, have you ever heard of the Gulag? You've been reading a lot of books. Oh, uh, I read a lot of books. I read a lot of books. I can't quote them, but I yeah. read a lot of books. Yeah. Um, but the Gulag Archipelago, have you ever heard of that? Yeah. Um, JP, he he puts that out a lot. And um, basically, it's this guy that That's was in that the Gulag. Call of Duty thing, bro, where you go to jail? And, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Call of Duty, yeah, where yeah, it, yeah, it can yeah. all turn around. Yeah, yeah. No, um, it's this guy that literally <laughs> was in a Soviet Gulag and maintained a PMA. And he looked, he looked deep into himself and he said, what did I do? To help make this happen, mm. you were in a Soviet gulag. Yeah. I don't know if you. I don't know, Jonah. If, I've never if, been in a Soviet gulag. If, if no, you're no, up no, to right. date, yeah, on what the Soviet gulags were, they were bad. Yeah. I, I there's actually a quote in that gulag archipelago about a boxcar full of people yeah. like dying in their own feces. Okay, like this is this Jesus. is bad. Yeah. Okay, this guy said, "I am in control. What did I do?" To end up here. Yeah. How did I participate? And how did I make this happen? And how am I going to go forward keeping a PMA, writing a book, and, and making sure that this doesn't happen again in my wow. life? Wow. That's powerful. That, that's even hard. I mean, like, yeah, we can talk about the woman getting date raped. or I think that's what it was in JP. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. I didn't quote it. I didn't read it for this podcast. Yeah. Um, but it was something like that where she had been in some, some sticky circumstances. And she said it was freeing that she now had control over the way if I can change that's, it it's that's, free that's such an incredibly traumatizing circumstance to be in that's yes. crazy nothing that compared is, to what you and I have been through no, no, no not even close and it, it's it, you know even even if whether her ability to mentally pull herself out of that yep that's incredible it's, it's insane his, his ability and I'm, I'm referencing the, the guy in the gulag to in that situation Right, be smattered in his own feces in a what like four by four, three by three cell, something like that, dog. Dude, that's that is insane. Why can't I do that at work? Yeah, yeah. why can't I do that on my way to work when yeah. I'm at home yeah. talking to my wife? Yeah, why can't I do that? Yeah, that's insane. I can, I can, and I do, I do now. Yeah, and people notice that. Yeah, um, it's infectious. You know, at work, I I get to encounter the guy that I used to be. Yeah. And if you ever really want some depressing stuff, change your life and then go find somebody who was the way who is the way you were. Yeah. 
I go to work and there are people in there that are negative. I used to remember when I told you that the worst thing in the world was when people would come in and like just be happy about the morning. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah, have you ever, yeah, did I ever yeah, tell you that when yeah, I was a Pantex? Yeah, like, yeah. I hated morning people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just get out of my way. I'm not, I don't want to be here. You know what right, I mean? Like, right. I literally, first thing I do every single morning yeah. is I go around, I ask people how their evenings were, how their morning was, and if they need anything from me. Yeah. And the worst part of it, I, I make sure that I do that, number one, because I want them to know that I'm there and I'm willing to work, and if they need anything from me, I'm there. And you follow up. Yeah, and, yeah. I'll, and I'll follow up. Yeah. Um, but the... The other reason I like to do it and I continue to do it is because there are people in my workplace who are as negative as what I used to be. Yeah. And it serves as a reminder of how they make me feel was how I used to make other people feel. Yeah. When they would come to me and they say, oh, hey, man, how's your day going? It's going. Yeah. You know what I mean? They took an interest in how my day was going. And yeah. I said, oh, it's going. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I may have been going through it, but when I get that response... Yeah, it just, it just doesn't make me feel good. Yeah, and so I consistently go and do that and ask them how their day is going, in order to remind myself every single day what I used to be like and how much I've changed yeah. and the difference that it makes. And it does make a difference. I've seen a difference in people at work. Yeah, um, I've seen people be a little bit more positive, and and I I would like to think that it's because of, of my influence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it no nobody the the last thing and so, and so this is part of the thing about being like interested genuinely in people. Yeah, but, like the gut reaction, the emotional reaction to somebody sent, like you asking somebody, going out of your way to ask somebody, hey, how you doing? And then them always, always consistently being negative and giving you a negative response back. It's like, do you not do anything to help yourself out of this situation? Exactly. Like why, why is it always negativity? But then the flip side of that is now you've put yourself in a position to hopefully change their response one day. Uh, and, and I put, do. You, I have. Yeah, exactly. And you put yourself in that position on purpose because your anchor point is making sure that your team wins. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And so I think if if I'm taking anything away from that and anything away from like the conversation as a whole is like, okay, my process now for meeting unlikely people and building unlikely relationships is something like being respectful and being humble. Yep. Right? Giving then, grace. Giving grace. Listening, listening, receiving gold nuggets, giving gold nuggets, and then following up. Yeah, I can make choices about positive, having a positive mental attitude. Yeah, I can uh, make choices about uh, when I interact with people, right? Making sure that they leave the conversation feeling good and that they also know that I'm there for them at the end of the day, yeah. right? Um, and it's like if I can execute to those things, I probably missed a few things that you'll, that you'll add here in a second, but if I can execute to those things, then I can be a good man. Yeah. Right. I can, and that's my purpose. That's what I've identified as my purpose. And I think that being a good man for me is like, if I can do that in this life with the final amount of time that we got here, bro, I think I can move on with like a, a pat on the back at the very end. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I think so. And, and one of the things that on that, on that PMA, I like how you wrapped that up, but on the PMA, don't don't ever back down on that. Um, one thing that I do... Consistency is key. Consistency deliberate, is key. De, like being deliberate in the things that you're doing is key. Yeah. One thing that I do is always I'll get something, oh, well, it's all right. Yeah. I always say, well, that's better than bad, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Never back down. And yeah. if, if anybody from my work listens to this podcast, they will know that I, that I am being 100% honest. They'll say, oh, well, it's all right. And I'll go, well, that's better than bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. oh, it's okay. 
Well, that's better than bad. And there are some people that got a lot going on, a lot more than I do in there. Um, and I still, you know, I know that they had a bad, they may have had a bad night. They've, yeah. they've been having a bad couple months. Yeah. And I ask them, hey, how was your day going? Oh, well, it's, it's, you know, it's okay. Well, that's better than bad, isn't it? And it's because I know that they're not going to benefit by me going, oh, yeah, did you have a shitty day? Let's talk about how shitty our days have been. Yeah. You know what I mean? So once you develop that PMA, never back down from it. Yeah. Never back down from it and stay as consistent as possible as you can yeah. with that PMA. At home, at school, at work, in the gym, stay as consistent as you can. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to do and, and, and kind of wrap this up, we're hitting about two hours, two hours and two minutes. Um, it's been a fun conversation. It has been a fun conversation. <laughs> it's, it's, gone, it's gone really well. Yeah. Um, what... Going next, you say your purpose is to be a good man. I love that because that's a lot more purpose than what a lot of other people have. Yeah. What is next? How do we how do we get granular and define more purposes? So let me let me tell you what my purpose is. Yeah. And I meant to I meant to do this at the beginning of the conversation. We kind of got into it pretty quick. Yeah. Um, my purpose is to be a leader. I think that's my ultimate purpose is to okay. lead. Um, How are you going to do that? Well, I've identified that, but in order to be a leader, I'm going to follow that up with being a good husband being a good team player at work. Yeah. I'm going to follow it up with hopefully being a father one day, being a hunter. I have multiple purposes inside that, but my, my purpose is to, to be a leader. Yeah. Um, let's, because you can be a good man without being a leader. You could be a good man and still be a follower. Right. Um, you can be a good man and have different purposes. So let's, let's get a little bit more finite. And as you move forward, right. what is your purpose going to be? Are you going to be a good husband? Are you going to be a good father? Are yeah. you going to be a business owner? Yeah. Um, that's another one of my purposes. I'm a business owner. Yeah. I believe that in order to make difference in other people's lives, that uh, owning a business is one of the best ways that you can do that. Yeah. Um, what do you have? Let's refine that purpose because I'm here to help you and help, to help the listeners yeah. Yeah. define that purpose. What is your purpose going to be? Yeah. So immediate next steps and w- we can go like phases of life because that's kind of easiest, right? Professional, personal, and then maybe spiritual or mental, right? And yeah. I think spiritual spiritual mental emotional are kind of like in their um in in their own uh bucket as well it's like okay professionally the next thing that i can do or one of the things that i can do in order to be a good man is also be a good team player yeah right be be a good leader uh and be a good role player right i can yeah. i think i can execute to all those three things right yeah being a good team player, whether I'm called up to be a good leader or I'm taking initiative to do that, which I've taken initiative to do that. Um, and then also being a good role player is like from a role player's perspective, making sure I'm continuing to execute day to day. Can I offer this up that all of those fall under leadership? Yeah. You don't have to be the authority to be the leader. Yeah. Yeah, I think, so, I think this is your second time I'm saying it, yeah, which, is, I, which is a nugget. Um, I, I don't I don't think you have to be the authority to be a leader. Right. And so all of those things in your professional environment, I think they can be wrapped up in how do you be a leader. Yeah. And if you, if you really dive into Jocko um, and the things that he says, which is he is he is the king on leadership. There is there is nobody that, that does leadership better than he does. Yeah. Um, at least explains it. I haven't found anybody. Yeah. Um, but you're, you're being your task. I think that could be summed up as your purpose at work is to be a leader yeah. because that encompasses being your role player, being your team player, yeah. um, being a hard worker. Yeah. So could we say that your purpose at work is to be a leader? Yeah. 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 I okay. think so. If uh, I'm going to take your word as God or Jocko's word as gospel. Yeah. But uh, yeah, absolutely. And then the, the, the step beyond that to do that, right, is to continue to execute. Yeah. To execute. Be, and, and to execute, but then be humble when strategizing and, and being tactile about things. Absolutely. Right. Personally, be a great boyfriend. 
I got a, I haven't even mentioned her, but um, I've got a, a girlfriend back home. She's amazing. Right. Right. Uh, and there's ways that I can I can be better just in terms of continuing to build on our relationship. Right? Mm-hmm. Being preemptive about doing the dishes, taking out the trash, making her life easy because she works 12-hour days. Right? Yeah. You know, that, that just taking care of the home front. You know, something that a lot of people don't understand and a lot of people can't. I'm really good at taking concepts and applying them into different areas of life. Yeah. You can take all these concepts that we talked about, making good friends, being a better leader at work, yeah. all of these things that we've talked about, PMA, and you can plug them into your relationship. Yeah. That whole be humble thing and let's go with the minimally acceptable solution yeah. and am I at fault for this? It's drag and drop, bro. That absolutely, absolutely face. applies into control your relationship. Control C, control V, all that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Especially the one where I'm at fault for this. Yeah. I want you, I want you everybody listening, and I want you, Jonah, to imagine if every argument that you've ever had with your significant other, what would happen if you both immediately turned away from that argument and said, hey, maybe I'm the reason for this argument. How can I fix it? Yeah, and and kudos to her because she identified that exact thing. Yep. Right? Didn't read a book, but identified that and was like, look, okay, in order for us to both feel fulfilled, to continue to build a strong bond, I'll start, but here's what we should do. Exactly. I've identified this, and this is how I can help us. Can you identify something to kind of help me? And then it's like, you know, you, you do that. You build that relationship. And in the face of the most adverse situations, yep. you take a step back outside of your feelings, outside of your own self. And you go, hey, I can do something here that's better for the team. That's better for both of us. That's better for everybody. Exactly. Identify that. Say that out loud. The, the best example is chores. You guys, how many, how many home, oh. how many home arguments are fought and over hate, some fucking and, dishes? And I hate the damn dishes. And I, I, I hate the damn dishes. And I told her, baby, I will do the dishes. But the only thing I need for you to do for me is just let me do them my way. So let me, let me, let me, yeah, let me, yeah, let me put this into, into, yeah. let me put this into, uh, into perspective for you. What is the first thing? So for me, I, I cook, and yeah. so I expect Dylan to do the dishes. That's right. how, that's how this has worked for years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. When I come in, my first reaction is if the dish, if the sink is dirty, my first reaction yeah. is Dylan didn't do the dishes, and that's why they're sitting there. Yeah, wrong, wrong. <laughs> the dishes, the dishes are still sitting there because you're letting them sit there. Yeah, think yeah. about that. Yeah, the reason that there are still dishes in there yeah. is because you yeah. are letting them sit there. Yes, absolutely. Not her. Yeah. That's that, that doesn't matter. Yeah. The reason that you have seen them, you've identified a problem. Yeah. The reason that they're still sitting there yeah. is because you are letting them sit there. Absolutely. Now that may be valid. You may have to go get a pump in. Yeah. You know what I mean? You may have to cook immediately and you don't have time to do the dishes. Right. But the real reason that they're still sitting there is because you have let them sit there. I haven't and turned when, the water on yet and pumped the You pump haven't the turned dawn, the water bro. on, dog. I haven't turned you know what the water mean? And, and so that's what we do in this household. Yeah. This household that we're in right now, yeah. what we do is instead of asking somebody, and we, I used to do this, and even occasionally I'll still ask Dylan, hey, can, yeah. do you mind grabbing the dishes? Yeah. But what we do is if somebody has been slacking on their chores, yeah. we do not go to them and bitch about yeah. how bad the chores have been. Yeah. Hey, you haven't done the laundry. What do we do? We do the fucking laundry. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. because we are both personally responsible, yeah. it offends us. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 it yeah, offends yeah. us. When Dylan starts picking my stuff up off of it, because I've got shit everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I have stuff all over the yeah. house. You know what I mean? I do a lot of stuff. I got a lot of yeah, hunting stuff. Got that guilt, like, yeah. oh, shit. She starts picking. Absolutely not. Because I'm going to be the best picker upper yeah. in this house. <laughs> I'm going to be the best picker upper in yeah. this house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's my responsibility. And kudos to you and her for building that culture and holding yourselves personally accountable for that. Yeah, yeah. I, it, I think that's one of the things that like like she and I were failing at. Yeah. And then we both had enough complaining at one another about doing the dishes. And I was just like, hey, if you do the dishes or if I do whoever doing it, whatever. Here's what I here's what I will do and I will do the dishes, right? Yeah. Is as long as you let me take my time doing them and I can listen to my music or watch my little cartoons. She hates it when I watch cartoons. I was like, look, I got to make doing the dishes fun for me in some way. <laughs> just let me watch my freaking Young Justice, Justice League cartoons while I'm doing the dishes. I will do them all night. I'm telling you, we ain't fought about the dishes in like three months, bro. No. And we've only been leaving, and we've been living together for like four, five yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, and and if she turns around and if she says, before you even propose that situation, yeah. if she would have taken a look at herself and said, man, maybe I should just let him do the dishes the way she, the way he wants to. Yeah. And then y'all come, y'all come prepared for battle. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You come in for battle. Y'all, y'all, y'all have identified this problem. Yeah. The laundry's not getting yeah. done. Okay. And big, it's, it's Wednesday. Right here. It, it's Wednesday and you're prepared for battle. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. What's going to happen if you go in there and you say, Man, instead of fighting today, you know, she may fight me a little bit. I'm going to own it and I'm going to say the laundry's, you know, the, I'm going to do the laundry. Yeah, yeah. And instead of a battle, she comes in. She goes, I'm so sorry. I haven't gotten the laundry. I know you need your clothes. Right. I know you've got a lot of stuff to do. Right. I know that my job here is taking home, you know, right, taking right, care right, of the right, home right. and doing the laundry. Right. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Swords down. You're done. That's it. You're done. That's over with. You're done. Yeah. You get to, to make up and go do the thing yeah, that married couples yeah. do. I tap one of bus, she taps me on my, we good to exactly. go. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, okay, that. so let's let's identify that purpose. Oh, one thing I was going to say is uh, that, that comes into being an example. One of my other purposes I have identified is that I'm going to be an example. That's yeah. part of being a leader. Yeah. Um, that can go under the leader purpose, yeah. but being an example. You know what I mean? How can I expect somebody else to do the things that I'm not willing to do? Right. How can I do that? Yeah. If, if you are a good man, if you are a good man with purpose, you cannot expect somebody to do something yeah. that you're not willing to do yourself. Absolutely. And that you're not, you don't do often. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can't expect my wife to go work out if I'm not willing to do it myself. Yeah. So let's, let's go. What, what is next? Do you have a purpose of being a husband? Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. You're, you're, you've got that purpose going forward. Yeah. Do you think that being that husband helps you in other areas, other purposes? Yeah, absolutely. And it, it, uh, it's saying, going back to like the drag drop, copy paste thing. Yeah. It's like all of those things. All how of those you do things. one thing is how you do everything. Boom. Boom. Exactly that. Right? So leadership, being a good man, being a good husband, being a good man. Um, and then on like the spiritual, emotional, mental front, continuing to, I, I, don't, I don't read books these days, but I do a lot of math, right? Yeah. I've got some things that I've identified, businesses that I want to start, things that I think that I can help other people's businesses in doing, continuing to do homework, right? Yeah. Homework has not, and I've, I, I've, I slacked off in a little bit and I started to see the results um, in my sharpness when I was at work yeah. was if I didn't do a, just a little bit of homework when I got done with my actual work, then I would lose sharpness over time. Yeah. Right. So continuing to beef up myself mentally, you do that by reading books. You do that by listening to podcasts. You do that by arguing with me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yep. And we, we, we try to keep ourselves sharp and up to date at the same time in that respect. Um, and then spiritually, continuing to go to church. I'm a, I'm a believer in God and all that kind of stuff. And so I continue to do that. I continue to try and identify places 
and areas in my life where I'm struggling morally and yeah. then make good on that by yep. being honest with myself. Uh, and then emotionally continuing to try to be empathetic. And we'll save we'll save a deep dive for that in, uh, for another podcast, probably around to a, a couple years down yeah. the line. But yeah, what what about the Church of Iron? We've we've identified that. Uh, oh, we got we, we stand in the gym. Baby. You have not been, been paying. I've been, I've, been, I've been slacking. I have not been paying my dues. I have not been tithing, bro. You have to the not Church been tithing iron, for the iron. I need to get back in the gym, and, and I kind of killed myself today. And I appreciate you. first thing I we did when I touched down, we went to the gym. We went to the gym. We went to the freaking gym, and I'm. I, I'm not going to say I'm back, but tomorrow I'm going to the gym, and then Monday I'm going to go to the gym. You're going to the gym? And then I'm going to the gym every day. I'm, I'm going to make the decision that day to go to the gym the next day. Yep. 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 It, that's key. Yeah. So, Jonah, I think that's everything. I think we, we've come to a good stopping point. This we have some steaks to make. Bro, we got some whiskey to I drink. I can't wait. I bought cigars. I can't wait. I bought this cigars. This is going to be one hell of a birthday celebration for you, buddy. It is going to be a I'm, birthday I'm, celebration. I'm to Turning 23 it, next yeah. Wednesday. Hell yeah. Um, Jonah, thanks for all that... Thanks for all that uh, you've done. We've been talking about doing a podcast for a while. Yeah. And um, I busted ass. I put a mic on a credit card to make sure that I had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that I had the resources in order for for you to be my first episode because yeah. you you really started this and, and you started the transition and I, and I don't know that I don't know that you know the we're, we're gonna go back to you know tugging each other off. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. I don't know that you know the deep bond and and what you've done for me in my life. Yeah. Um, but I I just want to thank you for all the things that you have done. Um, I remember you paid two hundred dollars for my you paid for. Do you realize that you paid for Top Golf for my bachelor party and you didn't even go? No. Did you did you ever understand? No, 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 you no. sent me two hundred dollars. How much money have I given you? <laughs> it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Well, good, well you man. you couldn't make it to yeah. my bachelor party, yeah. and you were like, "Hey, man, I'm super sorry, I couldn't make it. Yeah, 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 have yeah, fun." Yeah. And you paid for the whole top guy. Okay, gotcha. Um, gotcha. Yeah, and yeah. so like, I just don't know that you understand. And I want to thank you because we've been talking about doing these things for a while. Yeah. And you're one of those people that, on top of my dad telling me that I can do everything, yeah. you're one of those people that has reinforced that. Yeah. Of hey, look, you can think big. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you are one of those people that when I come to you with a business idea and I say, Hey man, what about this? You yeah. immediately, you don't say, well, eh, you know, like yeah. that, that's a dream. Yeah. You immediately say, well, how much money do you need to get that going? Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And those are the people that I'm striving to have in my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you come to them with a big guy, Hey Jonah, let's start a podcast. Yeah. Well, are we going to do zoom or Skype? Yeah. You know what I mean? Immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Of, yeah. There's no question of, hey, you know, oh, you're not going to do a podcast. You know what I yeah. mean? What is that? Gay millennial stuff. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, you're not going to do that. Yeah. You know, because I get that from some other people. Yeah. But you've always been one of those people of, hey, let's start a podcast. Let's do it. Yeah. That's always that's always your first answer. So I yeah. want to thank you for that. And happy to do it, brother. And it, it, you've given me so much in return. I'm not good at articulating those things. But yeah, it's just it, you iron sharpens iron. And you've made me a, an extremely, extremely uh, better person. Appreciate that. In, in the short span of time that I've known you, yeah, and uh, you're con- you are one of the people, one of the few people in my life that I'm like specifically mentally. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not there philosophically. I'm not there. This guy's sharp. This guy gets it. This guy knows things. Yeah, and I will. I will always look at you as one of those people that is leading the charge. In, in a lot of the uh, aspects of you, like just starting this podcast is one of them, but I'm going to always be chasing you in that regard, and I appreciate you setting that example for me, brother. So Yeah, man, I appreciate yeah. that. Let's, uh, let's go eat some steak, dog. Let's do it. It was a good one. Peace.